forgot about that until this moment. It was so funny. That was also, that was also, I'm just going to whisper. That was also the time when I got the wild FaceTime from Taylor Swift because she was dating, like she was dating my friend at the time. And you guys do the fucking math. And they (laughs) FaceTimed us and it was the most surreal moment of all time. We're just like Taylor Swift like staring at me and I'm like in the jungle of Mexico bat guts behind me like I also have my girls type of a makeup on you look wonderful I just haven't washed my face yet because I'm I was too, do you want to get that text is that it, is that is that oh, me? it's not a text. It's a train. No, there was a text. I heard a... Da-da-da. Oh, I didn't get a text. Well, neither did I. I don't know, girl. Am I hearing phantom texts now? <laughs> You're having phantom text syndrome. Ugh. How do I change this thing? I don't know. That is... It. For those of you who, who don't know, we're on Zoom... And Busy has a virtual background that is the the girls' five Eva. I'm going to say my real background's not much better. Let's just I be think real. it's good, which you use that background for table reads so that the table reads are on brand. Is that true? I literally think it's the dumbest thing <laughs> ever. <laughs> like somebody somewhere came up. I am low end. I'm going to say I'm done with work for the day and. I made the choice to sit on my bed. Yeah, for this that's good tonight because I'm really fucking tired. This could be um, the first episode where you just fall fully fall asleep. I actually just found some joints and I was really excited about it. Yesterday I had was my first day back at work. Oh, I have so many things to tell you, Casey. And look what I got when I got home. You got your guys. Bed. If you listen, if you listen to our ads later today. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we recorded them on my lunch break at Girls right. 5 Eva today. And I was like, I really could use a Bev right now. Yeah. And in fact, I'm going to call someone who's at my house and tell them to put my Bevs on ice for when I get home. And you here's did, my you, Bev. You advertise to yourself. I advertise to myself. I got to tell you something. This is now just becoming like this podcast is sponsored by, but for real, I fucking love this drink. This is not part of the ad, guys. This is just me. We're just loving Bev. We're probably, you might have noticed, I'm sure I've gotten a lot of messages already. We're probably coming to you a little later than usual on Wednesday, because usually the episode drops before we even wake up. Uh or in the wee hours, but we're going to be a little late because Busy was working today. And so we had I'm to... just a working lady. Just a working girl. And so okay. we had to wait until she got home. And now she has many things to say from her bed. I'm in my bed. I'm on my Gwyneth Paltrow crystal heating pad. Okay. Which I love. I still haven't taken my eye makeup off because I'm just so tired. I couldn't even wash my face. You know uh. that? Yeah, I know that feeling. I have that feeling. And then I also have this like almost, do you ever have this? I have like 
hydrophobia. Like I just don't want to get wet. Like I have rabies or something. Mm. Do you ever have that feeling? No. You love water so much. I do too. I love to swim. I love to take a bath. I love to take a shower. But then sometimes I'm just like, if something wet touches me, I'm going to scream. It's pouring rain here. Oh, is it? It's been rainy here too. It's like we're under the same sky. (laughs) Just like Bible (laughs) Mouse saying about. Looking at the moon. (laughs) The sky is the same, whether you're in New York or L.A. (laughs) raining gross rain rain. fucking gross rain here it's been so sweaty anyway so yeah started girls g5e girls five ever season two season very excited oh my god so today yes okay i just so many things to tell you but today are there fuck i'm like not supposed to reveal special guest stars so i'm not going to say his name okay but, but you already revealed. I can't say is. You already revealed it's a him. A gender. That like. Yeah. And I'm also going to reveal by. something else. I'm going to okay. reveal something else that narrows it down even more. He is currently on Broadway in Hamilton. <laughs> that narrows it that, down I'm just, a lot. A lot. A lot. A lot. But I tell you this because I was like so... Obviously, guys, you listen to the pod. You know right. how much I enjoyed the performance of Hamilton and then also had the incident with the man sitting next to us. The cranky like billionaire. To, cranky billionaire. And not a joke. <laughs> the guy I was working with today was like, how come you didn't haul off and punch that motherfucker in the face? <laughs> and I was like, because I was like trying to like respect you guys on stage. He's like, we would have been behind you. It's the theater. Yeah, I mean, listen, like in in the actual play of Hamilton, people are like having duels and stuff. So I think they'd have to respect you punching that guy out if you wanted to. I, I did, but I don't know. Maybe if, maybe in another timeline I did. Yeah, I mean, listen, what is it like? What does it solve? Except for it would have been well, super satisfying if someone recorded it, been so it and fun. it went viral. Ah! But we would have probably lost a lot of brand deals, although I bet not Bev. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, that was exciting to me today. So anyway, Girls 5 is back. I'm so excited to be with the ladies. It's great. But I have to fill you in about the knee situation. Yeah, what's happening? I saw your Instagram post about it. Did I tell you yet? No. Well, I you told me some things, but I don't know. I don't. Uh, maybe you have new information. Okay. So I finally had my video chat follow up with the knee surgeon here in New York, the knee doctor here in New York, who I got in touch with through Eric Gurian. You guys know our old producer you know. from Busy Tonight, who's the producer on Girls yeah. Five Eva, who also just like knows everybody, like the person to go to for, you know what I mean? He's like yeah. one of those people. Yeah. So I had read that MRI and I was like, I kind of knew what they, like, I feel like <laughs> I like looked at the MRI and I was like, I, I see, I can read this MRI. Literally, that's what I thought. Yeah. This is why... WebMD is like one of the worst things that ever happened to all of us because I legit 
looked at my file. You, your files are yeah. accessible online. I looked at my MRI and I was like, I can read this. I'm just going to Google those few words I don't know and I'll be good. Yeah. You're like people that play Guitar Hero and think that they can really play guitar after. I legit, I also, you know this though, I was on ER for a year and I do think True. I'm a doctor. So True. Um, I was on ER for a year, 15 years ago, and I think I'm a doctor. <laughs> anyway, so I get on the call with her kind of expecting it to be very like, I, I don't know, just like, routine like well you've got arthritis and you should probably get some like cortisone shots or lubricating right. shots or whatever right and she was like oh hello hi busy it's so nice to meet you virtually uh we had spoken on the phone before um so yeah let's just dive into it okay so you need major knee surgery on your left knee mm. and uh your right knee needs less major surgery but still you know we need to do surgery on it and um, sooner rather than later. And part of my concern is uh, that where this is going right now is like full knee replacement and you're too young to start going down full knee replacement Ooh. because then if you're looking at, you know, how long your life could be. Right. Okay, so let me break it down for you guys. If you read my book, also, by the way, the fact that I wrote a book now seems so fucking dumb. Like, I can't even, like, what was that book? Why did I write that book? What? That was about my life? People still read it? I'm like, guys. So much more stuff happened. I guess, but also, like, I don't, I don't even know how to describe how I feel about it. Like, it feels like... I I don't know if I would feel the same if COVID and everything that's happened since yeah. didn't happen. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, it, I think you got to think of that book like a tattoo, you know? Sometimes wow. people don't get a tattoo because they're like, this is like, I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. And it says everything about, and I'm like, no, it just says about the moment that you are at. Like, Ooh, it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, You're so, so you just wrote that book about where you were at that moment. And mm -hmm. I'm sure you'll write another book at another time. And, you I know, other, write another book now. I do. Other people crank weird? them out. They crank them out like yearly. Well, and I'm like, what are you? Our friend, Phoebe Robinson, who I well, just adore, yes. but prolific. Prolific. Why she got so books. much to say? Well, not only that, she's not just like writing books, but she's like heavily like giving us content on Instagram every day. That's she has what I'm thoughts saying. about a lot of things. I mean, so, you know, not to be too wild, but I'm gonna. Am I gonna get shit for this? I'm gonna get shit for this. Probably. I don't know. What are you about to say? Uh, maybe I won't say it. What? Whisper it. She doesn't have kids yet. Or, <laughs> you know, she doesn't have children yet. Yeah, yeah. I, and I don't mean that, like, I just mean that in the way that, like, it's fucking true. <laughs> like, when Zoe was on our podcast talking about, like, the movie she made over pandemic, Zoe Lister-Jones. Yeah. And, like, the three screenplays she wrote and the thing and this and that. And I was like, that sounds like something I could never fucking do <laughs> at this moment in my life. Like, I can't even. Right. I'm at my the end of the like t string 
that I have has been pulled so tight. And then it's done that thing where it's kind of like spun around. And then all of the other little things on the string have like kind of wicked off. Do you know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah, so then it's afraid. just like, just, I'm afraid, I frayed them and they're kind of spinning. And then it's just like one tiny little thread yeah. that is just hanging on for dear fucking life. That's me. Just like classic Wiley Coyote rope I situation. Am I am Wiley Coyote <laughs> hanging off of a fucking rope, Casey. Anyway, my point being, bless everyone for their prolificness. Yeah, also, I mean, listen, come I, parent my chil- my children sometime for one week and then see what you can do. Our friend Kate Spencer from Forever 35, I don't know if you've seen this because you've been so busy working, but she was actually away on a mom's retreat and like shattered her hand playing tug of war. Oh no. Jesus fucking Christ. So horrible. All these pictures of her in the hospital, she has to like basically get like major hand surgery as well so maybe you guys can like convalesce together but she was so she was so down about it because can you imagine you just think you're gonna play like fun tug of war blow off some steam and then like your hand just i would i never liked i never (laughs) liked tug of war you never i think tug tug of war is such bullshit they used to do it at the kids preschool the the preschool that my kids went to in los angeles there were two campuses for the preschool and um and every year they had this big picnic at the yeah. end of the year. And it was like the two campuses coming together and all the kids. And it was like a bounce house and like snow cone guy and like right. potluck and blah, 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 blah in the park, in Griffith Park. And the 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 like final activity of the whole, and there was always like so many activities. The final activity of the whole day was the parents tug of war campus against campus no way. and every single fucking time I was like nope absolutely not guys <laughs> no thank you goodbye and people would go nuts pulling on that fucking rope it's like and people would, and you go down so hard yes well I'm sorry that Kate thought it was going to be a good time I could have told her it was a disaster waiting it's, to happen I mean I literally it's so weird I have like a number of childhood experiences that I recall like I'm not the best at remembering like the fun times <laughs> and so yeah, that like, just made me laugh so hard <laughs> not the best at remembering mm, the fun times <laughs> <laughs> so one time I was like try- I was like I really love field day and that's all I think of when I think of field day is the tug of war and I was like why oh, did I, I love field, field day, day. So- and then I'm thinking I'm like I don't like running I didn't like playing any of the games I especially hated tug of war and then I was like oh they would give us like boxes of Kentucky fried chicken that's what I loved about it and then I was able to trace like every every fond memory that I ever have from childhood is connected by being served Kentucky fried chicken. That's the bottom line. Church that's picnic. That's a real that's something you could work on at Hoffman. <laughs> I'm not I'm not kidding. They would really you really have to bash that out at Hoffman. Yeah, and I'm like, "What what what did I love specifically? It's just like Kentucky fried chicken is it's comfort. It's, it's like I don't even love the food that much. I just love mm. that it came in like a festive box. I know. But 
But there is something about food served in cardboard that's like amazing. Yes. Or a bucket. Come on. A bucket. Well, but not just like bucket food, but like any like fries in a paper bag. Yeah. I, any, you know what it is, Casey? It's like, is this a good, is this a good look? <laughs> you look really good. <laughs> you guys, I'm literally like, li- I can't even, I, you, <laughs> never mind. I, I'm lying down. My computer's like on top of me. It's a disaster. Um, fried food in a paper product. Yes. Where it's at. I oh, love, boy. I was just thinking about this the other day. I love, and I love like fast food graphics, you know, like I re- I love graphic design. I think it's like, I don't know why it really like speaks to me. I love vintage graphic design. And the other day I, th- I was driving down, I don't even know what street, but I was like, I'm so happy that LA still has like the giant KFC buckets, like over their restaurants, over some of the KFC Western, locations. there's one on Western. I can picture it. Yeah, I was I was really excited by seeing that bucket, but it's been a long time since I've eaten any food that came in a bucket. Although I heard Eminem has a spaghetti restaurant that the spaghetti comes in a bucket. Why would spaghetti come in a bucket? It's a thing, I guess. Eli Eli said that it was like a a thing that he saw as he traveled across the country. Spaghetti buckets, like a KFC bucket, but it's spaghetti. Yeah, I guess so. Like a giant to-go bucket of spaghetti. Each and every, each and every day, I put on each and every under my sweaters because I know in New York I'm gonna be sweating. (laughs) One of the biggest surprises about moving to the East Coast for me, guys, is that sweater season surprisingly does not mean I stop sweating. In fact... (laughs) Some of my you're, stinkier moments have been in sweater season. You're literally I a sweater. Yeah. Yeah. I am a sweater wearing a sweater. So, <laughs> I, you know, I need to make sure my odor protection is on point. And thanks to each and every, I never stress about my body odor. It's the only deodorant we trust. And bonus, it's natural. Which, by the way, isn't even a bonus. It's a must for me. It's a must. I've been on the it's, natural deodorant yeah. train for, I mean, as long as I can remember, I've used natural deodorant and it's hard to find one that you feel like actually works, actually smells good. That's not too, you know, perfumey or what, like the scents are so subtle and good and I never smell bad. It works so well. Can I tell you something? I do smell, I have historically been a bad smeller and- I was skeptical at first, but I have never been won over so hard by a product as each and every. And I'm so excited because I've been using cardamom and ginger for fall. And now it's getting to be almost the time for me to switch over to black spruce and fir for winter. I love that black spruce and fir smell. It's a limited edition, you guys. Get on it. There's also juniper and mint, which sounds amazing and very wintry. And I'm very excited. Um, Scent wardrobes are very important to me. I know. And here's the deal. They have ingredients like dead sea salt, coconut oil. It's sensitive skin friendly. It's found to fight odor as well as an antiperspirant. There's no aluminum, no parabens, baking soda, or other hidden nasties. Plus, each and every comes in sustainable packaging made from sugar cane and is vegan and cruelty-free. So truly, you have no reason not to be using each and every as your every 
single day deodorant. Once you try it, you're never going to go back. It just works. Um, we have amazing deal for our listeners. Obvi, 30% off your first purchase. 30 percent off your first purchase of each and every. Just go to our special URL, eachandevery.com slash best and use promo code best 30. Don't miss out on 30% off. Use promo code best 30 at eachandevery.com slash best. Okay, here's the deal. We, you know, had to move into like the temporary place before the bigger place. And it's like a little smaller. It's smaller. It's smaller. Yeah. And there are two adults, two children, two cats, and one dog named Gina. <laughs> when I tell you the cats are the ones like that in a small-ish space are the ones that are giving me the most need for the home medics yes. air purifier. And thank the sweet Lord, it showed up right on time. Yeah. So it is incredible, the difference that it makes. You guys, if you're looking for a new air purifier, uh, I cannot recommend this enough. I got the Total Clean Air Purifier. It's amazing. The air filtration system and UVC light removes up to 99.9% of airborne allergens, including pollen, including no shade, Gildo and Rosie, your pet dander, smoke, and mold, the dreaded mold. It's great. So we keep actually like our, the I'm using the Hometics, like sort of near where I have both a steam shower and right. then in like sort of the next area is where the cat's litter box is. So perfect. it's like, it's the perfect area for it. Um, it purifies the air in large rooms up to 343 square feet. It's much cheaper than crazy expensive air purifiers and it's more compact than the big bulky ones. Yeah, you and don't even notice it. doesn't it. take up a lot of, no, you don't even notice it. It's amazing. So- you know, this is a thing that has been, for me, I was like very nervous moving into this new place. Yeah. And I feel as though all of the things that I was concerned about, my air purifier really, my home medics air purifier really has uh, helped me with. It makes sense because the air in your home can be up to five times dirtier than mm -hmm. the air outside, I read, which is wild. My allergies have been terrible. And having this Hometics Total Clean Air Purifier mm -hmm. has just, it's very quiet and it helps me sleep better. No, I feel like I'm truly sleeping better as well. Plus the company Hometics has an A plus Better Business Bureau rating. So, you know, if you've never bought anything from Hometics, this is just to tell you they're a brand you can rely on and you should join the millions of customers who trust Hometics. Well, listen, guys, whether you're dealing with allergies or just looking to keep your family safe or like me, you've got too many pets in a small space, we have good news. Right now, if you go to homemedics.com slash best and use our promo code BEST, you're going to receive a free replacement filter with the purchase of your air purifier. That's up to a $99 value, guys. That is a free replacement filter when you go to H-O-M-E-D-I-C-S dot com slash best. Use the promo code BEST. Get your air clean. We love you. And my lashes. Do you see them? 
<laughs> I do. There's they don't make you return. Eyes. They don't make you turn those in at the end of the day. Hilariously, last year I did have to, <laughs> but this year maybe because it's season two, she said no. It's all right. Back to my writing my book. So I essentially have genetically malformed knees. Okay. I know this. My mom has the same knees. The other thing is, I really do think I may have that Erlos Dandros syndrome or whatever. You know what? I. I will laugh so hard if you have it. Not to be mean, but I know. But I think I actually have it. I'm you may. I think it's a it's like an understudied. I have Ehlers Danlos syndrome. Wait, do you really? Yes. No fucking way. That is why I'm very careful about exercising and why I suffer from. Uh, or have suffered from a lot of dislocated shoulders and well, hips in my lifetime. All right, motherfucker. <laughs> Listen, when I saw Aunt Margaret yes. in Chicago, she was like, well, you know, my Ehlers-Dandros syndrome, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, wait, what? And she was like, D-, I was like, I might have that. And she's like, don't even look it up. It doesn't matter if you have it or not. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> Wait, that's insane. So anyway, that's basically this is my new my new theory is that I that is actually the thing that I have. But like my stomach issues, my consistent dislocations, I'm like I'm uh you know what's that called? Like hyperflexible. Sub, yeah, subluxation and like yeah. look, yeah. like that yeah. thing. Like I can like, do that thing where you like all your stuff bends yes, backwards. Look at, and this is how my fingers bend. We're just uh, showing each other how our fingers bend. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, so basically because of my, the way that my knees just are. Yeah. And because of all the working out that I've done, <laughs> because of just like the stress I put on my, my knees and stuff. Yeah. Like, my left knee is, like, essentially bone on bone. Like, there's no cartilage left, which is why it's been swollen since August. She took all this fluid out of it. She lubed me up with hyaluronic acid. And the knee surgery that she's going to have to do is really major. She has to put a a groove in where there isn't one. Yeah. But it's like the thing that your knee sits into and it like should be grooved so that your knee like goes into it. Like your femur bone. Okay. Like how your femur bone should have that like groove. Like a so that shelf. Mine is just like flat. Like there's no groove in it. I hear you. I have Classic no like, biz. I have no hip sockets busy. That's <laughs> all of the times when I'm like, oh, I'm having like a thing because of my thing. That's what I was talking about. Okay. Great. So- <laughs> This is fantastic news. So your femur bone, so she, okay, so here's what I imagine she uses, but this is just totally unsubstantiated and this is just, I've just made this up in my head. Yeah. But I imagine that she uses one of those um, nail files that the ladies use when they take off your gel nails, like that, that whirl really fast. Yes. And then they like saw down your nails. That's what I imagine they, it's probably, Casey almost just threw up, guys. It's probably well. I it's like a giant one of those. Yeah, just like a, a like a circular right? saw, probably. 
Pro- no, it's not, yeah. It's got to be. It's like a, a giant like a, like a Dremel tool. Anyway, they got to make that little groove. Yeah. Then she has to like literally move my bone, my fibula. She has to like move my fibula and cut my patellar tendon because it's too long and move it over. Yeah. And my kneecap down. Anyway, and then, and then, and this is the craziest part. I get a cartilage transplant. From a cadaver? From a dead person. I get dead. I get a dead person's cartilage in my knee. Wow. I know. It's really Hmm. fucking deep. I don't know how I feel. Hmm. I know. It's well, really intense. If you start a private group about this, I'm going to write a short story about it. Fuck you. <laughs> also, by the way, I didn't, do, no one's donating it to me. They have to die to do, <gasps> donate it to me. Well, but I'm just saying, like, the fact that they're like at a place where you can do cartilage donation is fucking rad, I think. Yeah. It's amazing. They it's could do amazing. like a, a face donation. That's incredible. Remember when that chimpanzee ripped that lady's face off? I do. But also, Casey, my face is fine. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just saying that person okay. might also donate their face to someone. They might have oh like. God. I also do think, I do just want to say this. Like, I have like gone back and forth about like donator, being a donator or not being a donator. I really, oh, really? I really have. Oh, yeah. Like in my life, only because like once this is going to make me sound like I'm like QAnon or something. Maybe not. But uh, I swear to God, like once a long time ago, someone was like, oh, don't put the donor sticker on your driver's license. They won't try to save you as hard. (laughs) But that's insane. That's insane. I now, as I said it out loud, I realize that sounds insane. (laughs) I don't. I was like in my, I was like 21 or something. I was like a kid. You know what I mean? And I believed it. I, um, I think because here's those EMT guys, they don't have anything to do with a transplant to someone later down the road. So I think they're, they're in it for the love of saving someone and they would try to save you and, you know, and let God sort it out. Although speaking of emergencies and EMTs, I heard, I read this really amazing tip that I don't know. I think it was just like an Instagram or something. Oh, I know what you're about to say. I love it. About changing your voicemail if you're yes. lost somewhere. Yes. If you're lost somewhere, say you're like hiking or your car breaks down or, or something. Or you're on a boat. Or you're on a or boat. Or remember when DJ Khaled got lost on his jet ski? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Where he should have uh, t- used that time to think about some of the things he's said that were... Right, about, like eating ladies out. Yeah, cunnilingus and not <laughs> liking it. I, don't, I could be getting my timeline messed up on when things happen. But oh, no. so anyway, the tip is if you're stranded somewhere and you're nervous, change your voicemail, your outgoing voicemail on your phone before your phone dies saying what happened to you, where you are, if you know the address, what you're planning to do, if you're planning to like stay by your car or if you're going to try to walk in a direction or whatever so that when people try to call you and get in touch with you, they will hear that voice outgoing voice message and be better able to locate you. Here's my question though for reals. 
Do we know, because I don't, if you don't have service, Mm -hmm. can you change your voicemail? That's a really good question. The thing that I read said that you could, but I'm not sure exactly how that would work. I would feel like you would need service to sort of get it to where, to the server. Right, because it's like, yeah, because it's like, Uh, the cloud or whatever. But I don't know. But if anyone's any type of voicemail expert, I would love to hear. But I thought that was really smart. And it will be exactly the type of thing I would forget to do in an emergency. But it seems really smart. I don't think you'd forget to do it. You're smart. You remember to do everything. So that's (laughs) the... That's that's the the download on my knee, which is that I am basically fucked. Um, So... I can't obviously do it now because I'm doing yeah. Girls 5 ever. I have you a gotta, big dance yeah. sequence tomorrow. So oh boy. So that's going to be rough probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have okay. just like to suck it up a little bit. Yeah. And then um, I guess like February or whenever we wrap – I'm going to try to get on the sketch with my uh, doctor for, for maybe like mid, mid, late Feb. Okay. And just tear this shit up. Well, I think uh, <laughs> maybe it'll be good. Maybe uh, knee surgery's come a long way. It was like my mom had both of her knees replaced at different times. And I think even from the time that she got the first one done to the second one done, not that that's what you're having done, but they had made so many advancements that the second one I think was a lot easier and she recovered a lot faster. Well, I, the goal here, I, I'm actually like sort of curious. I feel like there's a possibility where... Sorry, guys, I'm tired. If the knee, like if the cartilage replacement works, mm-hmm. like it, I may not have to get a replacement. Yeah, that's the hope, right? Yeah, I just always assumed I was going to have to get a knee replacement because I just yeah, felt like. Because you've had so much trouble. I've yeah. had so many, tr- I've had so much trouble. I'm like, oh, I just have bad knees. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that was that. Then over the weekend, I went to the Upstate Antique and Vintage Fair uh, in Upstate New York by myself. I went by myself. Oh, that's good. I'm really like, I have to say post-Hoff. Yeah. Hoffs. Post-Hoffs. <laughs> post-Hoffs. <laughs> you know post-Hoffs. Yes. Um. I really feel like I'm much more into being by myself. I like myself so much better, maybe. Yeah. So I'm okay to like hang with myself. Yeah. (laughs) Is that a good... Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Anyway, I just feel like... Yeah. So I, I had kind of invited a couple of people to come with me. No one sort of could come with me. I know from experience, my children are not the chillest vibe <laughs> at like an antique. <laughs> right. Fair. So I went alone and I had a delightful time by myself and I wouldn't have traded it for the world. It was so nice to 
be alone because I just like took my time. I looked at everything. I got such good stuff, like such great vintage stuff. Oh, great. And this all, guys, fits into my thing of not buying new stuff. I can buy stuff. Right. It just can't be new. There you go. Made made and manufactured new. So I bought a lot of stuff, but it's not new. I bought a really cute, speaking of um, vintage fonts, I bought this really cute shirt that said Foxy Lady on it. (laughs) I love it. cute. Yeah, It's really cute. And it's got that, it's that font, you know? Really great. Right. Yes. You know the font. Yeah. Um, I got a pair of bell bottoms that might be a little too small for me right now. But guys, we're going to work on that. In Not in terms of like, I feel like I need to lose weight. In terms of like, I am working on a TV show that has a costume department that can maybe let the pants out and the hips. Add some um, stripes down the You side. know what I mean? We're going to add some stripes. Yeah. We're going to add some stripes. Yeah. Uh. I got, what else did I get? I got, ooh, I got like the most amazing vintage St. Laurent dress. Mm. And like nothing, nothing upstate was like that expensive. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's great. It wasn't, it was like very well-priced stuff. And then I bought two TV trays because my children insist on eating in front of the television as I did, as their oh, mother before the, yes. them. Like folding tables or just like on the lap ones? No, folding tables that like are like little TV trays. Yeah. Can I tell you fold. something? That's, I loved uh, them. That's the only place I ever, I either ate sitting on an end table with a TV tray in front of me as a little kid because I always ate by mm-hmm. myself because my parents were working. So I would sit on an end table with the TV tray in front of me or I would sit on my sit and spin and eat with my plate on the... <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. But, um, but I've been looking for a set of TV trays. They're really hard to find. Like, well, look, like cool vintage ones. These are very cool vintage. I'll send you a picture of them. Oh, I can't wait to see. I'm excited. These are very cool vintage ones. And I really feel like I nailed it. I really feel like I nailed it. <laughs> I got a lot of great clothing. I got some little tchotchke things that I love. You know, I love yeah. tchotchke things. Yeah. I got some owls, some little vintage owly things. Oh, and this, there's this guy that sells... Um, like sort of like vintage rare books who was there. Oh my God. And you know what I got Birdie for Christmas? What? I got Birdie because I can't find mine. So I got Birdie the two Kevin Aquan books. Oh, cool. From him. Yeah, like That'll Making so Faces cool. and the other one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love I was excited books. about it. Yeah. I got a little vintage brass cricket. Aww. I got Cricket a new magnifying glass. Aw, I saw Cricket you know. was was wielding a magnifying glass. Harriet the spying it. Yes, love it. Um, well, those I just all had a sound really like nice time. those all sound like good things, except for you know the owls are not great for Tyrese Gibson because he's afraid of owls. But other than that, it sounds pretty. Wait, good. what is what are you talking about? Why is Tyrese Gibson afraid of owls? I don't. know. He just is. Since when? <laughs> Always. 
But why do you know that? Because um, I heard it one time and uh, then when he came on Watch What Happens Live, um, a guy came ahead of him into the studio to take a look around and then he was like, you got to take those owls out of here because we had like owl figurines and I was like, you had owls? Yes. Like they were like wooden owl figurines. Okay. And then... (sighs) Okay. So we had to take the owls out and then um I think he's he's like admitted this publicly so I'm not like blowing up his spot or whatever that he hates owls. So we took out the owls. We had like a stuffed animal owl and like two wooden owls on the set that we had to take out. And then I told my friend who was like producing him on another show, I was like, "Oh, this guy came and made us take out all the owls from the set and she was like oh my god and then she was like I'm gonna wear an owl necklace when I produce him and see what happens and then that same guy came and he was like you gotta take that necklace off okay do you know that Tyrese Gibson has a Benihana restaurant in his backyard (laughs) no (laughs) he built a Benihana restaurant in his backyard because he loved Benihana so much. So he like fully built like, yeah, like a Benihana style teppanyaki situation in his backyard. Um, I think about it so much. It's a hibachi. Yeah. Uh, does he have like a guy that does all the tricks? Well, I mean, that would be the goal, right? Yeah. Like, that's 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 the goal. Um, yeah, like, yeah, no, he's got a guy. Yes, he has a guy. He has a guy. Could you imagine that's, your, that's like your job to just make hibachi food in Tyrese Gibson's backyard? No. He must be... No. So rich. Well, I mean, he's in all those Fast and the Furious movies, right? Right. He saves money not buying owls. So <laughs> he might he might lose money fighting them off. <laughs> I don't know. But can I, whenever I hear about owls, I just think of Tyrese Gibson. And when I watch that whole like the the staircase, that documentary, that crime documentary, the staircase, and they thought that like an owl mm. was possibly who killed that lady. I was like mm. That's all I could think of was Tyrese being like, yeah, a fucking owl killed that lady. Of course, they're horrible. Birdie always has hated bats, but I understand that. <laughs> that you don't like sense. bats either. I don't mind bats. I don't mind bats. We were at your That's house in LA and there well, were bats I don't want them you were flying like- directly over my head, Casey. Let's not be crazy. <laughs> what are you talking about? But I mean, oh I'm like, okay with a bat. At a distance, but the bat was <laughs> that bat was like swooping down on us. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I mean nobody wants a bat like swooping down or coming in no. the house or anything. But because they were little, and I also was like, they are going to like scratch us and give us rabies. <laughs> you know, they, when- even if they didn't even mean to, it was like their little like bat claws. <laughs> yeah, gonna come just- out. They can't help it. One time I took Eli to the movies when I think I was taking him to see like the um the Johnny Depp remake of 
Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And while we were watching the previews, a bat swooped down and then swooped down again. And then people were like, oh my God. And some woman went to go get the manager. There was the theater hardly had anyone in there, like eight people. She went to get the manager. And the manager came in and the lady was like, there's a bat, there's a bat. And he was like, is there a bat to everyone? Like he didn't believe. And I was like, yes, we saw a bat. And then the guy goes, are you sure it wasn't just a trailer for Batman? But then at that... Exactly. At that moment, Eli took a quarter and threw it up in the air and the bat came. (laughs) And the guy was like, oh, okay, there's definitely a bat in here. Let's get out of here. Wait, wait, wait. Why would a quarter make a bat come because they like echolocate and so it probably thought it was something to eat okay i'm gonna tell you something terrible now (laughs) (laughs) years ago years ago years ago Literally so many years ago, Bertie was a baby, a baby. It was the first time I ever left her. And Mark and I left her with my parents. And we went to this, like, island (laughs) in Mexico with a bunch of friends, with Ed Drosty and a bunch of friends and Irene. This is the famous place where Irene was, like, almost attacked by a jaguar. (laughs) Remember? (laughs) Do you remember this story? Okay, but I never... So because Irene was almost like attacked by a jaguar. Jaguar? What am I saying? Jaguar. You turned English. A jaguar. A jaguar? (laughs) Because Irene was almost killed by a jaguar, the one thing that got lost in the storytelling is that the very first night, (laughs) there was a bat. That was in Mark in my room, like in our bedroom. Oh my and so God. we called down to the front desk. It was very jungly. And so we called down to the front. I, I don't even think this place had phones. Mark, we somebody went down to, maybe, I don't know. Somehow a guy came up and <laughs> that was in the, I don't know. The bat was like super high up and he was like, Oh, I have to get a ladder. And so he left and he came back. And we were like inside. They had mosquito nets because it was like a very rustic place. But like yeah. rustic chic, you know, like like it's like it's like definitely like a place that would be like, I don't even know, like, you know, Chloe Sevigny would be there as the other. But whatever. It was just like it was like chic, but super rustic. But anyway, <laughs> so he goes back with his ladder. He puts the ladder up. He's walking so slow. <laughs> and he's climbing the ladder, rung by rung, so slow. And my, Mark and I are sitting inside the mosquito netting around our bed. Like we were inside the mosquito netting, like as if I was going to protect him. Not from a bat from a or bat. a jaguar. We thought it was going to protect us from a bat. So anyway, this guy's like rung by rung. And he has... <laughs> It's like like a pot, like a little shovel with him because we were like, oh, he's going to like scoop. (laughs) And he just goes, and the bat explodes. Oh, my God. Murdered the bat. (laughs) Oh, there was like a giant bat splat. And I was like, oh, no. Oh my God. We didn't want you to kill the bat. <laughs> oh like my I didn't God. want the bat to die. I just didn't want it in my room. <laughs> anyway, it was so fucking 
And you had to sleep in that room with a bat ghost. And there was just like bat guts. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I can't believe I totally forgot about that until this moment. It was so funny. That was also, that was also, I'm just gonna whisper. That was also the time when I got the wild FaceTime from Taylor Swift because she was dating, like she was dating my friend at the time. <clears throat> And you guys do the fucking math. And they <laughs> FaceTimed us and we were like in the jungle, whatever. And I was like, pressed, whatever, except. And it was the most surreal moment of all time. We're just like Taylor Swift, like staring at me. And I'm like in the jungle of Mexico, bat guts behind me. Like, <laughs> whoa. Oh, anyway. My God. Oh, what a life I've had, guys. What a life. I bet you sure wish you had some back guts behind you and Taylor Swift on the phone right now. It's the best of times. It was the worst of times. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it really was both. <laughs> <laughs> and that... by the way, continues to motherfucking be. <laughs> so as... I think I think the verdict's in. I think that is just how it's how it is. I think that's just how it is. The best of times and the worst of times. Both. (laughs) Hey, Casey, have you gotten any new cute jewelry uh, lately? Yes. Can I tell you that, like, you know, I look on Instagram for jewelry like everyone does. And I always fall into that trap of seeing something that's really cute. And then I click on it and it's so expensive that yeah, I could cute, never. Yeah, cute, non-trend. And then you're like, it's $14,000. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> this is like a terrible rabbit hole that I don't need to have fallen down. So I am so happy to f- have found Ana Luisa. Um, this jewelry brand that is so cute, so on trend, and so affordable that I can afford it, no problem. And uh, yeah, I just I just bought a whole bunch of gifts for all of my friends for the holidays because it's absolutely perfect. Well, here is why I love Anna Luisa. In addition to the fact that it's super affordable, it's also conscious and transparently sourced. They believe that how they create their pieces matter just as much as why people wear them, which I love it. They're 100% carbon and water neutral and are committed to ethical business practices across their supply chain. That's genius. Awesome. Yeah, it's that awesome. really is. That really is. Um, the jewelry that they make is chic and like timeless and you can wear it every day. Um, I've added one of the rings that I got like just into my daily routine. I love it. And so many great necklaces for layering. And like I have multiple pierced ears and I love those little huggy earrings with charms hanging down. They also release new limited edition collections every Friday. And their pieces, like we were saying, very affordable. They start at just $39. So guys, they're offering our listeners 10% off. So go treat yourself and your loved ones. Buy some gifts like Casey. Use our code BEST, B-E-S-T, to get 10% off at shop.analuisa, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash best. Again, it's I'm just going to spell it out for you. A-N-A, Ana, Luisa, L-U-I-S-A dot com. I definitely recommend them. Casey and I love it. 
It's a great brand for beautiful, sustainable jewelry. Once again, if you use our code BEST, you get 10% off at shop.analuisa.com slash best. Nutrafol. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know that 30 million women are impacted by weekend or thinning hair? Yes, I'm her. Me too. And you know what? Sometimes people are like, but busy, your hair, it's so long. This is just not real. This is for a TV show. And they just (laughs) clip it, they clip it in daily. But you know what has really been helping me? I I have a guess, but tell me. I'm going to tell you, like thousands of other women, I have taken back control of my hair with Nutrafol. Yeah. I love it. It's a supplement that transforms hair and restores hair confidence. Have you been taking it? I love it. Yeah, I've been taking it. I think it's so good. And, you know, I, I'm a science girl, so I love a science assistance for beauty. Yes. Well, healthier hair growth does take time. So you you have to keep, keep taking Nutrafol for, you know, like around six months you start to see it. I do right. have to say, I came back to work and the hair people on the show were like, oh, your hair is really getting long. Yeah, that's because scientifically, there's a clinical study that says 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months using Nutrafol. So more than 1,500 top doctors recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair, which is what I need because like, I'm not even on TV and I abuse my hair for fun, and I should be able to. Nutrafol is physician-formulated. It's 100% drug-free. It's made of medical-grade botanicals in consistently effective dosages so you get the most reliable results. So we wouldn't steer you wrong on this. We really believe in this product. It's working for us. We can't wait to hear how it's working for you. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support this show and us by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code BUSY to save $15 off your first month's subscription. It's the best offer anywhere. It's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Use the promo code BUSY, B-U-S-Y. Um, what are you doing your best at this week? Oh my gosh. I have not to talk business or whatever, but I've just been trying to make, to finish our website because we've had a website that's been in a liminal space for a very long time for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And we should send um, the, po- we should send the website to the Hoffman Institute. See if, <laughs> see if it gets its shit together or if it gets its shit together for a week and then forgets it all. Yeah. <laughs> It's a new experience for me making this website. And it's kind of like one of those things that like, I'm not expecting it to change the world. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's just a website, just a this silly podcast? website. No, the, the, po- the podcast is 100% changing the world. Yeah, the I, mean, website. I was going to say, I just, yeah. I want to, I take umbrage. The website, I'm not expecting to change mm. the world. It's just a good place to put everything. And also we need it to kind of do other things that we want to do possibly. So, and I just want to get it finished. But it's yes. really, it is, 
so it's the principle of like finishing it and, and it's really teaching me a lot about myself. And the number one thing is teaching me about myself is that I am not here on this planet to make websites. I'm very, I'm very bad at it. It actually makes my heart race, which is so insane. Like, like I was trying to add all our sponsors to like our sponsor page and it was like making my heart race. And I was like, what is this? This is probably something I should talk to a professional about, but I'm almost done. I think I'm almost done. It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be, it's going to be done. I'm almost done. I'm almost ready to hit publish and stop fucking around. You say it's not, it is not going to be perfect, but it's going to be done. Yeah. And you know what? Okay, see, that is like sometimes all we can ask for. Not going to be perfect, but it is going to get finished. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, as we know, perfect is the enemy of good. Perfect is the enemy of done. And sometimes like it's, it's not, we're not being like nominated for like the um, national website awards. You know what I mean? Like we're not. I'm going to, I'm going to venture to say we're not being nominated for any awards. (laughs) Anytime soon. I don't know. I mean, I wanted to. Well, here's another thing I learned. Some of the awards that I see people winning and I'm like, oh, that would be so cool to be nominated for that. I didn't know until this week that you kind of like nominate yourself and enter yourself. And so then I was like, everything's a fucking sham. I don't know. But I was like, oh, oh, okay, okay, I got it. But it makes sense. That's how TV works, too. I felt so silly for not knowing that. But that's how TV works. Like, in Hollywood break, maybe you don't know this. When a show is nominated for an Emmy, it's not like some big, like, honor that they, like, plucked you off the television. It's, like, shows nominate. They put themselves up for awards. Oh, yeah. And and then... And not only that, you have to be a member. Yes. In order to nominate yourself. Yes. It's like you couldn't, you have to join the, the you have to join the club to even like be considered. Right. So, yeah. So, of course, that makes sense that that's how all awards, including podcast awards, um, would work. But. Yeah, so I felt dumb for not knowing that, but that's what I learned. And then I was like, do Don't we want to do we want to do that? And then no. I was like, <laughs> you're like, no, I want to remain. I want to remain. Winning. Yes, pure. I want. I, you know, I've, as we've said, as I've said many, many times before, I have won exactly one award. Yeah, and I'm fine. That could be till I. That could just be it till yeah. the day I die. I'm yeah. fine with that. Fine. I've won some. It's been a long time since I won anything, I think. But yeah, I think uh, ultimately it's fine. It's fine. Well, it either is or it isn't. You know what I I mean? I mean, it's it's just, it's an interesting thing. It's, It's interesting how it's all business. Like I always forget that it's all business. And then I'm like, then I start thinking, I start asking myself like, well, would this be good business for us? And then I start laughing at myself because I'm like, what the hell, how would I know? I know, I know nothing about business. I'm just like- No, we're not great at it. Really operating on, you know, on bad instincts. Well, that seems unfair, but also, <laughs> <laughs> but also not- Untrue? 
I guess. Yeah. I mean, listen, listen, I have had more fun backing the wrong horse in my lifetime. You know, like Fuck you, I take umbrage. No, I am like, you know what I'm like, you know what I feel like in this moment? I feel like Jennifer Garner when <laughs> Ben Affleck said that the Phoenix rising off his back tattoo <laughs> was like whatever. And she's like, I'm the fucking Phoenix. No, okay. no, I, I, think- you, I don't have to be the, the bad horse or whatever. No. Who called you the bad horse? It's you not, just did. You're is, like, I've spent, I've had the most fun backing the wrong horse. I'm saying I've spent years working on projects with people that never went anywhere. And it's, Say, it was, I mean, yes. Well, not that thing, but I'm talking about like, like writing groups, performing groups. Okay, and okay. that's like the most fun because mm-hmm. at some point, like you just get real about it and you're like, oh, we're just doing this for fun. We're just doing this for ourselves. And then you can really enjoy it because like the pressure's off and, mm. you know, and it's like advice that I've given to other people a million times before that like it's you, it has to be something that you would do for free because you might do it for free for a really long time and maybe forever. And I think about like my my dad, like my dad was an aspiring musician. And I think that he had dreams of becoming famous at one point doing that, but that wasn't in the cards for him, you know? And so at some point he had to just like decide that he enjoyed it, like on the level that he was able to enjoy it. And I think that's like a really, that's an important thing. So, I mean, if we're having fun, like whatever, you're not the wrong horse, you're successful. Well, Nothing that we've tried to do has been successful, you and me. Not yet, but here's what I will say. I mean, real talk, like, you know, and don't get offended at this because this is real and this is about us. But, like, we haven't tried to do a lot just because, you know, we focused on one thing for a long time and that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And then, like, since then, we've had to, like, divide our time and do our jobs and stuff. And, you know, and it's hard to focus on things that we're trying to do. So together, because we have things that we're doing separately, too. So, you know, so I'm not that mad that anything that we've tried to do hasn't been, like, a major anything because we just, it's not like, we worked 60 hours a week for two years on something and nothing came of it, you know? No, I hear what you're saying. I, and I also don't think that you were saying that you're betting on the wrong horse when you were talking about me. I mean, I don't think you were talking about me when you're, <laughs> whatever, even if you were. I was very, I was fine. very specifically talking about, um, I was talking about this group that I used to write with in New York City and we would just meet up and we would be so intense and like there was a whole like group dynamics to everything and it was really weird and I'm still friends with a lot of the guys but it was all guys and I was the only girl and I'm still friends with a lot of guys a lot of the guys I've grown apart from some are very successful some are not so successful and like I kind of it was a, it was just an unusual dynamic, but that's very specifically what I was thinking about, about how long we worked on some stuff that just never, and it was like, we didn't know what we were doing, you know? I do know that. Like, I've definitely had that experience myself. And then the weird thing is that, like, even at that, like, even back then, like, if anyone knew what they were doing, I probably knew what I was doing more than any of them, but all of them acted like they totally knew what they were Uh, doing. 
And I was like, oh, oh, okay, okay. Um, So that was like a weird dynamic. But the truth is, like, even though nothing that we ever worked on, like, really, nothing ever came of it, it was super fun. And I did, like, laugh a ton and had a great time. So what, am I going to be mad about it? No. Sometimes I think, like, in any creative pursuit, the journey is just as much a part of it as the outcome. Yeah, totally. I don't know. Totally. And also, like, it's, I mean, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about how this business is just, like, it's luck, kind of, but it's also, like, persistence, and it's also, like, marketing, and you have to, like, do all these things, and, like, but sometimes it's okay just to not do those things. Like, if you're, you know, if it's, like, wearing you out to like constantly be trying to sell yourself or whatever. Like it's okay to take a break from that or, you know, it's just there a lot of, a lot of stars have to align to make things happen. And like, it's interesting of which I had a notification from the pattern today and holy shit. What happened? It just feels like, this is my moment. <laughs> I need to seize it. That was what the pattern was telling me. We'll do it. Today. Yeah, I guess I should try to. I should stop being in such a fucking bad mood. But I mean, we'll see. You know what I mean? I'll try tomorrow. Just <laughs> <laughs> not be in such a bad mood and to seize it. Um, what do you do okay. your best at? I mean, I'm. you have a list, I'm sure. You kind of said. I did a good job parenting Bertie in one moment. Yeah. Once this past week (laughs) Um, in that I like was able to remember a thing that my Hoffman coach Drew and I had talked about, which was, he was like, may I just offer like this word, you know, when you get in, like when Bertie gets into these things and the word being curiosity and like, so Bertie got into like one of their like sort of fixated on this idea and it was like, you know, it gets kind of like, it's exhausting because it's like yeah. no answer seem like not like they, they're like asking you for something, but nothing you were, nothing you are, could possibly say to them or give them would be the right answer. It's like a spiral. And it gets, and for the person on the receiving end of the spiral, it's like kind of exhausting because- you're like, okay, if I just like empathize, like, oh, that sounds really hard. Like, that's really hard for you. You sound really upset about it. They're like, that's all you have. Just like, it right. sounds hard for me. Right. But then if you're like, oh, well, I'm going to offer this suggestion. They're like, oh, you think you know how you can fix it? You know, like, right. it just gets, so it just gets difficult. And they like so keep I, moving the goalposts of like, Goalposts moving is just the story of my goddamn life. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. But yes. anyway, so but so I was just like, be curious, just be curious, curiosity, just be curious. So I was just like, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, that could be true. Wait, why do you think that? And just like kept asking questions like that, like just yeah. not in a not in like a provocative way, just like in a genuinely curious, like, why, why do you think that's true? Like, what right. do you think? What about that makes sense to you? Right. I'd never thought about that, but like, tell me, you know? Right. And it like diffused the situation faster than it has ever been diffused before. And I felt like 
for one brief second in time, I was a good parent. (laughs) You're a good parent. (laughs) Oh, I know. I'm just being a little bit facetious, but you know what I mean? Like I did feel like, I did feel like just in that moment, I was like, ah, fucking nailed it. Yeah. That's a good feeling because that's really frustrating to be, that's just really, it's, listen, when it's your own kid, then you kind of have to, you know, you can't, but I feel like Mercury retrograde might be over, but I feel like a lot of people are going through it. And um, I do want to shout out to listener, podcast listener, Dr. Jen, who like I sort of had like a, like a run-in with someone um, on social media, someone who was just going through a hard time that it felt like it was like beyond my capability to help them. And um, I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. It's probably not appropriate at all. But I reached out to Dr. Jen and she was like, oh, okay, here's, you know, here's what you need to, you, you did the right thing. And she was just really great. So thank you, Dr. Jen. She's the author of many helpful books and uh, Instagram posts. She's very generous and I urge you to follow her. But yes, I just felt like, I feel like a lot of people were going through it, but this person was going through it more than I should be allowed to be in charge of. Oh my goodness. It was well, a lot. That's, <clears throat> well, that's the thing too. Like it gets complicated, you know, especially it's, you know, people online who you don't actually really know in real life, but they feel like they know use. I don't know. That's hard. Yeah. Um, That was, I mean, that was like, not to reveal too much because like I said, I think this person was going through a difficult time, but, um, and they were in some type of distress. Um, mm -hmm. but I, that's where I was worried that I did something wrong because I was like, I, I feel for you in this moment, but I don't really know you. So I'm, I, I'm not sure how much I can help you. Like I don't, we don't know each other. And that made them really upset. And I felt terrible, but (laughs) I also feel like, you know, Dr. Jen was very helpful talking me through that. And now I owe her probably a $100 copay. Well, that's good though. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Pay pay people what they're worth. (laughs) Um, Well, let's talk to Andrea Barber, shall we? Yes. Andrea Barber, fun, you guys. Kimmy the, Gibbler, the iconic. As I say, how many times do I say it? I mean, I you it, said I it a lot. It a you said it. You said it like you were you were throwing it around like you're a millennial. I know, but you know what though? But you know what though? But you know what though? <laughs> I do feel like she is that yeah. character. Is she is? Well, as you said, people use it very lightly, but when you say it about her, it's like the way that you summed it up, I thought was really smart in the interview. Like what iconic means to you and why Kimmy Gibbler and Andrea Barber are iconic. Iconic. Guys, iconic. Andrea Barber, take a listen. Oh, Ginger. Ginger, you know how much I love you, Ginger. Uh, talking a lot about my knee today. Yeah, let me tell you something. This ginger essential oil has been such like the perfect timing for this to come into my life and be added to my routine. It really has. I love it so much. It's a uh, ginger essential oil. We've talked about it before. It is 
this incredible essential oil that helps soothe sore muscles, boosts digestion, promotes mental clarity. It's all natural, sustainably sourced. Unlike other essential oils, ginger has no prep time. You don't have to add it to something else. It comes pre-mixed with jojoba and evening primrose carrier oils. So you can just put it directly on your skin. Anecdotally. So you know I've been using it on my knee because my knee has been swolled. Swollen, yes. Yes. But And it's really been helping relieving that. But well, Thank God you need that knee. Well, we'll talk about it on the pod. But, <laughs> but I want to tell you something else that I used ginger for the other day. What? The night before I started work, I, I got hit with an IBS attack. The, it's oh, been no. a minute. It's been a yeah. minute since I had it. But it's just like stress. I ate some weird food. I just was like, it was all bad. Yeah. And I felt so terrible. And then I was like, saw the ginger oil next to my bed because I keep it next to my bed for my knee. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to put it literally straight up on my stomach. Like the oil on my stomach and I like rubbed it around on my stomach. And I'm not kidding you. It really helped. I bet. I bet because just even just the smell of it, I feel like makes a change in how I'm feeling. So I sometimes just put like a little on my hands and just like, you know, breathe it in and it's it's remarkable. Guys, we're telling you, you need this ginger essential oil in your life. Right now, we have an amazing deal for our listeners. 20% off your first purchase. It's only available at our special URL, ginger.us slash best. That's J-I-N-J-E-R dot U-S slash best. That's J-I-N-J-E-R dot U-S slash best. You do not want to miss out. Again, that's Ginger with two J's dot U.S. slash best. I swear to God, if I had a Bev right now, I would drink it so hard. I'm so fast. <laughs> Busy you know the trailer. Part? Yeah. My trailer on my, on my late lunch. Guys shooting. You know what I am going to do, though? I am going to text someone at my house and ask them to put some Bev on ice for me when I get home from work. I'm not kidding. I need that Bev. I love that Bev. Guys, are you on... Bev board yet? Are you? <laughs> if you're not, you, I don't even understand. Like, if you're not, what is happening? You got to get on board with Bev. Tis the season. It's the perfect yes. time to get into Bev. We love it. You know what Bev is? Bev is our favorite canned wine brand. Female founded, female first. Founded to change the way a product is consumed, the way an industry and culture have operated for generations. They are badass ladies. Yes. I feel like Bev on its own tastes great. It's my favorite. I love a sparkly wine. But the fact that it's female founded and run makes it taste just that much better to me. I agree. Oh my God. I swear to God. I agree. Great. Four varietals. I was about to say it. I was about to say it. You beat me to it. Rosé, <laughs> Sauve Blanc, Pinot Gris, Pinot Noir. My fave is this is the rosé. You know that. But I'm getting yeah. into the Pinot Noir. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell you my new trick has been to chill it. I like it a little chilled. I like yeah. a chilled Pinot Noir. 
Yeah, I think that's that's reasonable and sounds delicious. Pinot Noir for fall. It matches your cute outfits. I mean, I can't argue with that. Bev has zero sugar, only three carbs, 100 calories per serving. It's really makes it easy to have like a glass of wine, not overindulge. So guys, get into it. We've worked out an exclusive deal for Busy Phillips is doing our best podcast listeners. You receive 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping on all orders. We suggest, why don't you try their best-selling Ladies' Night Variety Pack so you can check out all the varietals and decide which one you like the best. And then on your second order, you can just order, you know, a case of that varietal. Yeah. Anyway, go to drinkbev.com slash busy or just use code busy at checkout to claim the deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot com slash busy. And I'm just going to throw this out there. The holidays are coming up. And instead of struggling to find something for someone that you have no idea, something that they're probably going to put in a closet and not use, why not that variety pack of Bev? That's what I'd want to get. Bring it to my house case. I'll take it. (laughs) I think Andrea's just getting a little her setup. It's got this Fantastic. is my uh, tech guy, also my boyfriend. So. Hi, nice. tech guy boyfriend. Hello. Nice to meet you. I love a multi hyphenate. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, Officially. great. We're ready as well. Are you ready, Busy? I'm more than ready. <laughs> Andrea Barber, it's so nice to meet you. It's uh, nice to meet you Zoom. too. I can't believe I we haven't like, met. I know. I was going to say, I feel like we know each other, but. I don't know if we do or if it's just that, like, you've existed in my living room forever, as long as I can remember. And you existed in my living room, too. So, but I think I don't think we overlapped. I think Full House was before Dawson's Creek. So I feel like... For sure. I yes. left the business when you were, you know, rising to your stardom. So I don't think we ever <laughs> overlapped. I think our- that you're... Yeah, I think your break uh, probably was like right around when I started. But I do remember actually now, maybe, we might have been pregnant at the same time with I Birdie, my kid Birdie's 13. Were yeah, I have I have time? a 14-year-old. So we have we we were probably I, pregnant I around feel the same time. weirdly, just because I like was such a huge full house fan, obviously, <laughs> I feel like I was like somewhere pregnant in Beverly Hills. I don't know where it was. And I saw you pregnant and I was like, oh, what? This is like very exciting. Yeah. Were you in LA when you were pregnant with your 14 year old? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never lived anywhere else, but. Oh, okay. Well, you didn't, you didn't live in San Francisco in the seven (laughs) sisters. Oh, okay. Yes. We're we're still there right now. I'm in the basement of (laughs) right now. No, but I really like have this very distinct memory of being like, oh. Oh my gosh, Kimmy Kimmler and I are pregnant together. Um, well, anyway, congratulations on that baby. Um, <laughs> Belatedly. 14 yes. years late, but okay. 14, 14 years, years later. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Andrea Barber, everybody knows. Busy always, Andrea, every time I do this, but I'm like, sometimes we just have to remind people. Andrea Barber played Kimmy Gibbler and not the iconic, the iconic Kimmy Gibbler. Kimmy Gibbler. In Full House, and then 20 years later in the spinoff Fuller House, 
came back, made a triumphant return after basically taking a break from being in the business. We have a thing on this podcast where we always say Hollywood break. You literally took a Hollywood break of 20 years. Oh, yeah. I I wasn't planning to come back to the business. I was done. (laughs) I was like, that was a fun hobby as a kid. You know, and I did it. I started acting when I was five. So I was kind of over it by the time I turned 18. Right. Yeah, you were like, and, well, you started acting when you were a baby, right? You played baby Jesus. And oh, yeah. I re- <laughs> that was a local play. My parents made me do that. So <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't any, anything. Prof- that was at our church. Like it wasn't anything professional. But yeah, that was. I, I don't know. I saw a photo in your, in your book. It looked like you were doing a good job. I, I, uh, yes. I like to say that I nailed it as the part. <laughs> oh my God. Very bad joke. I know. I need to stop using that joke. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. So Andrea has a new book out. Talk about pivots on the podcast. It is all about pivots. Like your life is made of pivots. Lots of pivots. Yeah. Lots of pivots. You started acting when you were five and it was basically like a hobby. Your brothers were also... Uh, actors who are children, as our friend Heather Matarazzo likes to say, not child actors, actors who are happen to be children. And you like got cast on in this iconic role on this iconic show, which was though you and I have this in common, I think a little bit, because um, the part that I had was cast on uh, in Freaks and Geeks was just a guest star part that then became a regular. And I didn't know this until I was doing my research. <laughs> About you that and uh, that Kimmy was just like a gonna just be in an ep- a couple episodes. Well, you were a guest star, and then you were just like, right? It. No, that's exactly how it happened. Well, I, I auditioned for DJ first, and did, sure. bombed that audition. But they asked me back for the the role of the neighbor, and I thought, sure, it's a one, you know, it's a one off. It's a guest a guest role, no big deal. Um, and then I I did five episodes of the first season, and then they asked me back for the second season, and. Who expected it was going to go eight seasons and become this cultural phenomenon? You know, we've got this cult following still 30 something years later. Um, And yeah, and then eventually I became a regular on the show. It was, you can't predict these things. You can't plan. You can't predict. Like Hollywood is so much about luck, hard work, but also about luck as well. And that's how it was for me as well. Yeah, for sure. I really enjoyed reading your book. It's called Full Circle and it's about it's about everything. It's about a lot of things beyond the role of Kimmy Gibbler, but I really appreciated all the stuff that you said about your parents, how important it was to them to um sort of protect you as a kid on set and make it so that like family and and other things came first before and you seemed like you are grateful for that. Is that a correct impression? You're grateful that your parents handled it the way they did? Oh, I'm super grateful for that. I mean, I know child child actors are actors who are children. I guess I, yes. that's the phrase now. Um, actors who are children, they get a bad rap, you know, because the media focuses on all the, you know, the bad things and the the tragedies and stuff. But there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good ones out there too. Um, they're just not making headlines. Right. So I attribute my normalcy to my parents who were like, okay, you still have to do chores at home and you're still going to be going to regular public school. You know, you got to go to first period Spanish and then we're going to go to your TV show in Hollywood. <laughs> Um, and I, yeah, I went to my prom, I went to my, you know, basketball games at my high school. So I was, it was a very normal existence, um, as far as 
a child actor being on TV. You know, it was as normal as it could be. Um, but also our, our set, too. The Full House set was very family-friendly. I mean, they really put the kids first. Um, it wasn't like this grueling set that you hear of where they're, you know, trying to overwork the kids and the social workers are freaking out. And, you know. I feel like a friend of mine who grew up in Los Angeles, uh, Casey, Robin Shore. I feel like oh, Robin yeah. Shore's like dad was friends with the creator or something. And Robin was like, as a kid, Robin's probably your, probably like 45 ish. Robin was like always on like around the set. Like just like that. It just, she was like, Oh, it was so nor Those kids were so normal. Like, you know, I've had so many friends who grew up in Los Angeles and you knew the, you knew the ones that were like, it's so, <laughs> a vibe over there. But like your parents, you weren't the breadwinner for your family either. No, no, no. Right. Which is like, that is for that to me, that is like the big, that's the thing that changes everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that before. Um, no, I mean, my dad was an attorney, so he was the the breadwinner of the family. I just had this hobby that took up a hell of a lot of time. Uh, (laughs) I got paid for it too. And that's literally what it was, you know, like most kids play soccer after school or what, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm on a TV show. That's my after school sport. Um, Right. They put everything in a trust for you and held it for you until you were an adult, which I think is so cool. And you didn't even know how much you made. You said they never told you, right? That's so funny to me. That was a blessing too. I mean, I was curious but like kids would ask me at school, how much money do you make? And it was just easier not knowing. And then I could honestly For say- For sure. Yeah. Like- yeah, because like, you know, kid, like you have kids. I We all have kids. It's like, even the greatest, like best intentioned kid, there's gonna be a moment where they're like, I make blah, blah, blah. You know, like whatever <laughs> it is, like they're gonna get real hyped on it in one moment for whatever reason. Like, you know, just because it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. You- Told this interesting story in the book about how even prior to Full House as a little kid, you were on Days of Our Lives as a really little kid, and your family made you go on a ski vacation that was long planned. And what do you think? How did that affect your... Well, this is a theory. I mean, this is a theory we have because I was on Days of Our Lives for three and a half years, starting at age six to age nine. And then... um they wanted me to come in for work, but we had this, this, this vacation planned in mammoth. We go every year or we would go every year for spring break. And my parents were like, no, we're not interrupting the family vacation for this soap opera. So she's going to go. She'll be back in a week. Well, lo and behold, they decided to age my character into a teenager. Um, so I got the ax and Carrie Brady became a teenager overnight, um, which is great. You know, that, you know, there's several <laughs> actresses have played Carrie Brady now. Um, but uh, my dad swears. He's like, I think it's because we went on that vacation to Mammoth that they, <laughs> that they can do. And I'm like, Dad, I don't think so. I think they probably had this teenage love romance storyline planned for a while. And I was nine. I was too young to play a teenager. So, But also, did it then open you up to get, getting cast in Full House? Yeah, Full House. Full House came so. along um, like a year, a year later, year and a half later. See, if you had still been a kid on that on that soap opera, you wouldn't have been the icon that <laughs> is Kimmy Gibbler. <laughs> <laughs> You're so kind. You're really, you know, fluffing up my ego here. Thank you. No. <laughs> I mean, listen, your ego deserves to be a little fluffed because because you were so funny on that show and you were so little. You were such a baby mm-hmm. when you started. And to be able to come out 
and deliver laugh lines like you were doing and be like an audience favorite in that way where everyone was in the studio audience. Everyone at home was so hyped to see you when you came into frame. Like that's a really big deal. Andrea, you must know. I mean, there are just very few characters that exist where like you say the name of the character and everyone immediately knows what kind of person you're talking about. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're a native g genius in that, like embodying that thing, which is like, she's so weird. She's so over the top, but she's got a good heart and she's not stupid, but she's also not thinking all the time. And she's like very enthusiastic and she's just always there. <laughs> and everybody knows what a Kimmy Gibbler is. It's like Urkel too. Like you, you know, like it's, it's a really, it, when I say iconic, I mean, that gets thrown a lot. I mean, it is like actually iconic. Um, and then my kid, the older one, uh, Birdie became obsessed with Full House. I don't know if you know this. No. So much so that when they were in, I think it was kindergarten or going, yeah, on Nickelodeon, the reruns, mm -hmm. and was obsessed with it and did for the talent show at their elementary school, recreated a scene <sighs> with their friend Killian. Oh. And yeah, like it was truly wild. And we had a full house birthday party. This is before the <laughs> reboot happened. We had a full house birthday party. And uh, I like went to a thrift store and bought a bunch of like 90s clothes for the little kids to try on. Like uh. Birdie was so, anyone who listens to this podcast knows that my kid gets like very um, like laser focused on a thing and gets like has to know, be an expert on it and know everything and blah, 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 blah. And Full House was the first of that journey for Birdie. So I feel as though, like, I, I loved it so much as a kid myself and watched it uh, growing up and then watched it again with my, my own child. And then the Fuller House, wow. <laughs> it's very full circle, isn't it? <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> well, I think the reason that the Kimmy Gibbler character is so resonant for so many people is because it kind of like gives you a little permission to be your weird self, you know? And I think that it was like the perfect time that it came in and like, mm -hmm. you know, everybody wanted to be a DJ, you know, that's what you, you think of yourself as a DJ, but then when you look in the mirror, you're really a Kimmy Gibbler. Oh, you know? I was such a Kimmy Gibbler. <laughs> <laughs> and so you were, by being like cool and like imperfect, but ultimately always lovable, you were giving people permission to like embrace like unusual outfits that you liked or you know just speaking your mind or you know calling calling your best friend out on their bullshit <laughs> <laughs> that well, no, too I, I think you're 100% right like and I never appreciated the character of Kimmy Gibbler as a as a child as a teenager cuz I yeah I I was just awkward and uncomfortable like I didn't enjoy being the character very much when I was on Full House because I was a t I was so insecure as a teenager. I was so gangly and awkward and too thin. And I, I just felt uncomfortable in all of the costumes. And I was like, man, I just wish I could wear cute clothes like DJ. And I, you know, I wanted to be the cool one. Um, but then, you know, all these years later, 30 years later, I come back to do this character as a 40 year old. And I'm just like, damn, she's cool. Like Kimmy Gibbler is 
freaking awesome. Like she is so confident as a teenager. She owns herself. Like she, she marches to the beat of her own drum. She wears yes. these wacky outfits, but she loves herself. She has this self-confidence that is so rare in teenage girls. Definitely. She, she had the confidence that I never had as a teenage <laughs> girl. And now all these people who grew up with full house in the night, in the eighties and nineties, they they're DMing me now or, or sending me messages on Twitter. And they're saying, you know, thank God for Kimmy Gibbler because I there, that was the character I related to because I felt yes. like an outcast. I felt like an outsider. I wasn't part of the cool kid group. Um, and, and Kimmy was like a, a role model for these kids. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like that was such an aha moment for me at age 40 um, just to be thinking, wow, you know, I, I really appreciate this character so much more than I, you know, I just thought, okay, I'm awkward and I made a career out of it. That, <laughs> that's what I thought it was. But no, I'm like, you know, she's a really well-evolved character. And I, now I love her. I'm like, this is, this is the best character ever. I, I love her. Oh, I'm glad. I'm so glad that you got to that place and that people and that it's like super easy for people to share with you now, like what it meant to them back then. Because, you know, when you were when you're 13, writing a fan letter and finding out where to send it, it isn't easy. Only the most ambitious among us (laughs) did that. But um, but I'm glad people can can reach out and tell you now. And so you did that show for like eight years and then you left the business. And a lot of your book, which I think we talk about pivots here, as we said on the podcast, a lot of your book deals with, you know, your mental health, your mental health and yeah. your struggle with anxiety and depression, which I think you was sort of like there were signs there when you were a kid, when you were acting um, that that you were struggling with some things, but you didn't really realize it until later on, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I um, well, I didn't have a name for it when you're a teenager and you're you have all these emotions and you're trying to figure out. Like I didn't I didn't know that that was anxiety. I just thought, okay, well, I'm I'm just weak. You know, I'm I, yeah. I'm nervous. My stomach is in knots, and I'm going to mm-hmm. go throw up now before the the audience show on Friday nights. I thought that was just normal. I'm just like, well, that's just normal. Or maybe I'm just, I can't hack it. I, I don't know. I just felt really bad about myself because yeah. of that. I didn't know it was a, I didn't know it was anxiety. I didn't know it had a name. Yeah. Um, and yeah, little things would pop up, you know, just um, like when I was getting married, that like did a number on my mental health too, just planning a wedding and all the emotions and stress of that. Um, having babies. Good God, that wreck. Oh, no. <laughs> that just, that did a number on my anxiety for sure. I talk a lot about that in my book as well. Um, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't know anything about anxiety or depression at the time. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't until I hit rock bottom um, and couldn't get out of bed or eat or care for my children that I was like, okay, I need, I need help. Like I gotta, I, I need, this is now bigger than me and I need professional help. And that's when I started to learn about it. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, that that's what this is. There's a, there's a chemical reason for it. There's a mental mm-hmm. reason for it. There's an emotional reason for it. It all started to make sense. And I started to accept it about myself and learn tools to deal with it more effectively than falling into bed and, <laughs> and not getting out for two weeks. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's talk about that rock bottom a little bit because in the book you said you got down to like after having your second child, you got down to like ninety eight pounds. Jeez, Louise! Because you couldn't eat, and you oh, just honey. felt you just felt like you couldn't take care of your baby, and no, so once again, those great that great mom and dad were there for you. They came and sort of collected you up, right? That's so lucky that you had that support system. No, yeah, they were. They've always been so nurturing. Um, 
And my husband at the time, who's now an ex-husband, um, you know, he had just started a very stressful job. He's yeah. an attorney. So uh, he was kind of torn between his job and his wife. But I also, he also didn't understand it either. He was just like, right. what's going on with my wife? I don't know how to, I don't know how to deal with her. And I've got billable hours. I got to, I got to do it. My, my new, my new law firm. So, um, I was just feeling really alone and desperate. Um, and so, yeah, my parents swooped in and they were like, okay, well, we're going to take care of the kids because you can't take care of them. And then we're going to take care of you also. So like we literally moved the whole family into my parents' house for, um, several weeks, maybe a month even. And they, you know, they fed me (laughs) that, you know, almost like spoon feeding me and they spoon fed my baby and, and nurtured all of us, um, and nurtured me back to health. Uh, it was amazing. So I'm so grateful for that support. I couldn't have done it without But it's also, Andrea, like I, the thing that strikes me because I also had a very similar experience with my kid who's now 13, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of postpartum and then, uh, Birdie's dad, just like not knowing what the heck to do or how to do it. And I really do just say, I think that people such as yourself, you've been, this is not the first time you've been open about this. You've talked about it openly before and that changes everything. Like I had never even heard of postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. I just thought like, oh, if you want to, I mean, this is so dark, but I was just like, if you want to kill yourself or your child, that's bad. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I didn't know that there was like, there was like a level at which it was untenable but at the same time like a thing that has to do with having a baby and you can get help for it you know yeah that's a great point is that you think of postpartum depression and anxiety as being so extreme you're like well that's not me I just can't eat or you know I just right that's not me like I just have to pull over because I can't drive because I'm afraid and I'm like shaking and crying exactly that was like the kind of stuff I was doing Exactly. And it was, I, I, it was my daughter's pediatrician. We were at one of those well child visits, um, where we, you know, she, she checked out the baby, the baby's fine. And then she started asking me questions, you know, like, how are you doing and how are you sleeping and how are you eating? And I'm like, why is she asking me this? And then she was like, I think you have postpartum depression and anxiety and you need to get some help. And I was like, Oh wow. Well, when did this appointment become about me? Wait a minute. That's but amazing. That's, that's so great that the, the doctors, you know, can identify it when you don't when you, when you can't, you know, thank yeah. God for it. Yeah. For well, when you're just down in it, you know, it's, it's hard to see. How did it feel like getting a, like kind of diagnosis? Were you, were you surprised to hear that that's what was going on with you or were you relieved or how did it feel to have someone put a name on something that like even your husband didn't understand and you didn't seem to understand? Um, eventually it felt great. It was a relief to finally learn, like have a name for it, but also learn about it. Um, it took a while to find the right therapist. So I, I still felt so uncomfortable and so bad about myself trying to find the right therapist. It's kind of like dating, you know, you got to go through all the bad (laughs) ones before you find the right ones. And then I finally found a therapist, um, who I clicked with and I just, she's still my therapist to this day, you know, all these, you know, 13, 14, whatever years later, Uh um, God bless her. She, she taught me so much and never made me feel bad about myself or weird. And I just, I, it was so great just sharing this openly with a professional who could say, who could then bounce back to me and say, okay, this is why you're going through what you're going through. This is why you're feeling this way. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible, incredible to learn, to learn these things like about like, adre- like I carry my anxiety in my stomach. 
So that's why I was throwing up for all of those years when I was anxious because your, you know, your adrenaline goes crazy and all of those, you know, adrenaline, whatever's go straight to my stomach. And so then it produces too much acid in your stomach and then you feel like throwing up. That's right. why I spent all those years throwing up, you know, backstage at Fuller at Full House. Um, you know, this it was a light bulb moment when yeah. I learned all of these things. Yeah. You so wrote simple. something, you wrote something in the book that it kind of broke my heart because I I felt like I was in a similar boat, um, which is that you were reluctant to take medication because then you wouldn't be able to breastfeed your daughter. And because of the way that anxiety and depression were making you feel, you felt like breastfeeding was really the only connection that you had at that point. Like you said that you were actively like trying to get away from your daughter, probably because of like your anxiety and depressed feelings. Like, so, but then it's again, like things that you aren't able to see when you're down in it, that like, if you take the medication, even if you can't do that one thing, you'll probably be able to connect on a different level because you'll be feeling better. Was that like, was that a hard adjustment? How long did it take you to make that decision to try medication? Uh, well, I made the decision pretty quickly because I was in such a deep hole and I was like, I can't, I can't function like this any longer. Um, and it was a weird dichotomy with my kids. Cause I'm like, I loved my kids. I didn't want to harm them. I just wanted nothing to do with them. I'm just like, I can't take care. I just want to leave them with an adult who's competent. And then I wanted to run away. You know, yeah. it was the weirdest feeling loving your children, but, but not being able to connect to them at all. Um, mm. so yeah, I struggled with the medication thing for a lot of, re- like I was, it, I didn't know how I would react to it. I didn't know about the side effects. There was a stigma. Um, I think, you know, maybe there still is a stigma to this day, but um, at the time, you know, 14 years ago, there was a big stigma around medication. Um, so I was hesitant, but I was so desperate to feel better. I was well, so Yeah, wait, not that I'm throwing, wait, sorry, not that I'm throwing shade, but that was like around the time of the Brooke Shields, Tom Cruise thing. Oh, oh. yeah, where he jumped, where he, well, uh, oh, no. he, he like Brooke Shields came out and talked about having postpartum depression. I just remember because I also had a baby and postpartum at the same like postpartum yes. anxiety at the same time. Yeah. Brooke Shields had like been vocal about her experience. And then he gave some interview that was like, you can fix it with diet and exercise or something like that. And like, then it was just like this whole mission. Didn't he talk to Matt Lauer about it? Yes, it was Matt Lauer. That's right. Do we need to Google this? Isn't that like, don't be glib, Matt? (laughs) Is that where that quote comes from? Don't be be glib, Matt. (laughs) But what what a damaging mindset. I remember that. And I remember thinking, what a dick. Like, that's such a terrible... (laughs) Well, no, it's true because it it suggests that... It it suggests that she's weak for having to rely on medication to feel better. Like, Oh, Oh my God. Boom. 2005. Guys, 2005. I found it. Was it the don't be glib, Matt, interview? I don't know. It says, back in 2005, Tom Cruise's Today Show interview with Matt Lauer got real heated. Hold on, hold on. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, We're going to have to go back and watch this interview. What did, how did Matt Lauer They reply? battle it out over Brooke Shields. So the same year, the couch jumping, Tom Cruise <laughs> criticized Brooke Shields on Access Hollywood. Come on, guys. What are we talking about here? Um wow for using antidepressants to help her get through her postpartum depression. Okay, so this is in 2005. Yeah. Right? I had Birdie in 2008. 
You mm-hmm. had your kid in what, 2006? 2007. 2007. 2007. Okay. We're all so around the same time. It's all around. So like in the, this is like a huge national story mm-hmm. of like arguably one of the biggest movie stars of all time, maybe bullying a woman who's saying that she used, you know, went, used, went, uh, used antidepressants or needed antidepressants to help her with her postpartum. And this was like, a conversation that was like, yeah, he called psychiatry pseudoscience. There's no such thing as a chemical imbalance. So postpartum depression to you is psychological gobbledygook, Lauer said. Um, Yeah. Okay. Later, Cruz expressed his regret for his attack on Shields. Well, yeah. I mean, as as you should, Tom We all regret it, Tom. We all regret it. That two men are discussing right so ironic like <laughs> I'm like get the fuck out of the Andrea, room like, yeah. <laughs> like you, love... you don't get an opinion no uterus no opinion about postpartum depression and how to treat it take a seat no. take oh a seat. my gosh take a seat and don't jump on it I'm so grateful for Brooke Shields being a trailblazer and then for people such as yourself and I'm just going to put myself in there too. Mm-hmm. Like the more Absolutely. that people in the public eye can, especially women can talk about the things that they go through that are normal, normalizing it. Yeah. And the things that you need to help yourself. Casey, you too, talking about your experiences on this podcast. It's just <laughs> like, you know, and Tom Cruise can sit the fuck down. Yeah. 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 Tom, don't just don't even don't even use your time on the Today Show. Yeah. Talk about some type of impossible mission that you might be going on. Don't worry mm-hmm. about True. what we're doing with with ourselves. Do not, don't Do worry, not about it, worry about it. <laughs> um, that's really interesting. And you were really honest throughout the book about just everything like to this day that you're doing, like medication you use sometimes depending on how you're doing. And it's always a big conversation with your doctor and you've gotten really big into running, which is a huge part of your life. You're like a marathoner. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm so former, impressed. Former marathoner. Well, and I have to say that's the thing in the whole book that I'm like most impressed with. <laughs> I can't even imagine. It's so far. (laughs) It is so far. And I mean, my disclaimer is I've replaced running with Pelotoning now. Now I'm a Pelotoner, but it's still like exercise and cardio and just getting like the number one reason why I ride my Peloton is to, is to help with my anxiety. Like it's not about fitness. It's not about looking good. It's about, um, keeping myself healthy mentally, but running, um, Yeah, that was a lifeline for me. And that's why I was running these crazy distances and these marathon distances, because that's how I was dealing with some really dark shit in my life and some some real the darkest days of my life, uh, which was my divorce. Yes. Which can I just say again, a thing that broke my heart in the book is that you had a, you have a sofa that you love and that's where you guys, where your husband told you that he wanted a divorce and now the sofa's ruined for you. I'm so mad. I'm, I'm so (laughs) mad on your behalf. I want to like buy you a new sofa. I don't know, (laughs) but you said you can't find a sofa as good as that one. I just like, what can we do? What, what can we, can we, have like someone come and bless the sofa. I don't know. I feel like we I mean, need to do something to reclaim the sofa for you. Guys, we, but this is a hundred percent now my only goal in life. <laughs> now that you've brought this up, Casey, now I'm like, why didn't I think of this? Yes. Where is it? Do we still have it? Andrew, did you get rid of it? 
my my sofa. Yeah, oh, no, I still have it. It's have you recovered it? I I need to I need to reupholster it. Maybe we're gonna reupholster it, and we're just gonna and sage I can't it. Find one. I've I've shopped around. Like there's no sofa as comfortable as this one. Oh, so man. I, well, it's okay. I've, I have new memories now. It's been almost 10 years. So I have new memories now on, on this. Okay. It's okay. It's good. really okay. <laughs> All right. Good. I hope good. that cute boyfriend that helped you with the, you know, Set, oh, yeah. my audio at the beginning yeah. of this, <laughs> right. uh, helped you make some new memories on that sofa. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, but I do. I do hope that. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> And also, and like, so your divorce was, you know, that you talk about that a lot. It was a really rough time and it was kind of brutal. And I know that you have like a, a, it sounds like you have a decent relationship um, with your ex now and your co-parenting, but like the way that he told you that the marriage wasn't working for him was kind of brutal and like beyond your control really. Like he said that it was your mental illness that was basically like, what did he, you tell us. Yeah. Don't let me tell you how it happened. You tell me. Okay. No, it's, um, well, and this is my pivot moment. Like if this is where we're going to, you know, this is the theme of the podcast is pivoting. This is my pivot moment because I had expected to be married forever. Like we all do, you know, on our wedding days. Um, And I, I came from a long line of relate, like my entire family has these long-term relationships. My parents were married for 61 years. My brothers have been married for 20 plus years. Like Divorce was not a part of my vocabulary. So I thought, okay, this is it. I'm going to be married forever and have the happy family with the two kids and the dog. And, you know, um, and so this, the zinger, you know, came out of nowhere, which now, now looking back, I can see the signs that were kind of leading up to this divorce, but um, I never thought we would split up. I thought, okay, well, we're just having marital problems, but we'll work through them. Um, but my, you know, Jeremy, my, my ex-husband, he was done. Like, he was just like, nope, he, he was checked out. And that's what really threw me is that I'm like, wait a minute, you're, you're just done. Like you're done. There's nothing mm-hmm. we can do to fix this. Um, and I really, really wanted to save the marriage and, and stay together, especially for the kids and to keep the family together. Um, and he was not on the same page. So, um, I wouldn't say, you know, I would, I'll correct you that I don't, he didn't, he didn't directly blame my mental health or my mental illness for, um, for leaving. It it wasn't that, but, but my anxiety, it's very difficult to live with. Like it's a hard for me to live with. It's hard for the other people who live in the house. Like it's difficult, um, especially in the days when I didn't know how to manage it. It it would just consume me. Yeah, It would affect everyone around me. Like I was not a nice person. Um, I would just, I would chew the furniture. I would get so wound up um, and take it out on people around me. So yeah, I, I'm sure it was very difficult to, to live with. I don't think that's the only reason why he left, but um, I'm sure that was a contributing factor. Um, but yeah, so in, in an instant, like he, he was gone and I was like, okay, well, I got to pivot. <laughs> I got to, right. now I'm a single mom, which I never expected to be. I, you know, I, I had stayed home to, to be with my kids. I was a stay at home mm-hmm. mom for, for like almost 10 years. And I'm like, okay, I'm a single mom. I got to find a job. I got to, like, I got to navigate this. I, I felt so uncomfortable. Um, and so devastated too, just heartbroken and rejected and trying to hold it together for my kids and trying to hold it together in public. Yeah. Um, it was an awful, awful time, worse than the postpartum stuff, worse than, than anything else. Um, mm. 
which is why I took up running. <laughs> I just pounded <laughs> all of that out and the pavement. Um, so yeah, but fortuitously the same year I got divorced, like this, the literally the same weekend that I signed my divorce papers was the same weekend I got a call from Jeff Franklin, the oh my creator God. of Full House, about um, doing a reboot. And he asked, will you come back and play the character of Kimmy Gibbler? And I was like, oh, like, you know, the heavens <laughs> opened up and it was like, oh, my God, this is a sign from God. Like, this is isn't that incredible. I yeah. Need in my life, this is a direction yeah. and a purpose and, and a job and an income and self-worth. Like it was everything that was missing in my life. And it was just handed to me on a plate. I'm so grateful for that. And it took a few years. Like it wasn't instant. It took us a long time to put to put Fuller House together. We weren't sure yeah. we could sell the show at first because people were like, reboots? What's that? Nobody wants to see a reboot. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, yeah, you know, talk to me in five years. Now everybody's doing a reboot. But um, at the time, yeah, that was just, it was a gift, a gift from heaven. And I'm so grateful. Um, it turned, turned a lot of things around for me. So, yeah. yeah. But I also do think I'm just like, even though I moved to New York, guys, really still just a crystal loving L.A., vibey bitch. I do think that energetically, Andrea, there is something really significant about whether or not you are aware of the relationship, not being the thing for your soul and your life, like, and you, you know, and you wanted your family to stay together and all of, for all the things that you say and write about in the book, there's something like sort of incredibly rewarding and has to make you feel like it all happened the way it was supposed to when those 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 events sort of line up in the way that they do and then you find this whole new second chapter because who knows if you had stayed married or you know if you guys had been what if what if he'd been like okay I'm ready to dive in and really work on this and then Jeff calls you and is like reboot who knows what you would have said maybe you would have been like I'm so sorry I'm focusing on my family right now I can't yeah you know and I just feel like I don't know this is like it's all different sliding door versions of events, but personally, I'm grateful for this version. Oh, oh, <laughs> me too. Me too. And as much as I hated it at the time, um, <laughs> in hindsight, yeah, it, it, everything happens for a reason. And yeah, we are yes. so much happier now. My ex-husband is remarried. He has a, a five-year-old daughter. And they're, they're so much happier. He's a better dad because he's happier. I have found, a, you know, a wonderful relationship uh, with my boyfriend of seven years, um, mm-hmm. Michael. And we're so much healthier and happier. And we're modeling healthier relationships for our kids. Well, um, and that's it, man. Um, that's never, everything. It's 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 a much healthier situation. Um and we're, you know, my ex-husband and I, we're great friends. We're, we're good friends. You know, we still go to the kids' plays or, or sports events together. Um, you know, we'll, I'll, I'll attend his daughter's um, birthday parties. Like, it's all very, uh, it's it's not normal. I, I will admit that. No, I wish it, is, it, I it wish should it was be. more normal. No, I, this is that. what I'm saying. I yeah. think it is. I, we have a good friend, uh, our friend Angela Kinsey, who's like very open on social media about it too, but she's an actress and... Um, she's very close with the, her ex husband and his new wife and their kids. And, you know, I, it is just sort of like family is family, man. And like this idea, the antiquated idea that when you romantically end a relationship with someone who's the father of your kids or the mother of your kids, that then you have to like hate that person is so 
like just, I'm not I'm not here for it. I can tell it you work. it doesn't work for the kid. I can tell no. you that like yeah. So I'm so I'm so uh, glad for your kid's sake and for your sake that you're able to do that. I'm also really happy for, um, I just kept thinking about like you were talking about the fortuitous timing of the reboot. I was so happy that you were actually reconnecting with people that were so important in your life at a time and being around Candace Cameron Bure and Jody Sweeten, who are close friends of yours and like at a time when you needed them and like life put you like right together, you know, at that time. And I was also really happy being from Massachusetts. I was happy that you were able to reconnect with your love of new kids on the block (laughs) to help you get through your divorce. I'm telling you running and new kids on the block. That's how I got to my divorce. (laughs) going to all the on the block concerts and cruises. Yes. Uh, Oh man, those cruises are wild, but, um, (laughs) I love that you go on the cruises, like, especially since I know you went on cruises as like you, you were like the feature on some cruises where fans would come. Yeah. All the nineties shows. Yeah. We had, um, who did we have? We had the, the actors from Blossom. We had Tia and Tamara Maori. We had, uh, I don't even remember who else. But yeah, it was all these 90s kids. It was called Sail with the Stars. And people, it was like these charter oh, boats people would come guys. on and we would do like games on the deck. And then we would have autograph sessions. Like, <laughs> just like, I don't know how this I'm, became a thing, but it was really fun. I I'm going to need a reboot of Sail with the Stars, <laughs> Andrea. I'm going to need a reboot. That once... Coronavirus is over. Yeah. I mean, listen, we sh- all kinds of all types of themes of cruises I'm in for. But I love that as like somebody who went as the talent and had that experience from that side of it, you were like, I'm also going to go as a fan for Joey McIntyre. <laughs> I love it. Totally. Yep. I've been on both sides of it. It's uh, the new kids cruise is a little more wild than the, the full house cruise. I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> oh my God. It was a blast. It was a blast. That's so fun. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> but now you're like buds with the new kids on the block guys, right? I know. That also blows my mind to this day is that I, yeah, I'm friends with them. I have some of their phone numbers. Like what? <laughs> what? Which is very stressful, like actually having, like, I have, I have Joey McIntyre's phone number and it's very stressful because I'm like, I can't drunk dial him. Like, I can't, like, how do I make oh, sure I know not send God. an accidental text or a drunk, di- or, you know, it's, I'm going to get stressful. drunk and call him right now from your phone. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I went to um, college with the the Knight Brothers brother. And I, that was like, I mean, it was Wait, hard the Knight not- Brothers brother is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the one that, the only one that wasn't in the band <laughs> is who you went to college with. Large families. Those, all the new kids have like families with like nine children or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. They're like Boston. They're like Robert Boston Catholics. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Boston <laughs> they're like they're like old Boston Catholics. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh I acted with Joey Mack too. By the way, yes, I was on a sitcom in 2005 called Love Inc. It was on UPN. And I need to watch this right right as soon as I hang up. I'm and go Joey watch and Joey guest starred in an episode. He was so sweet. And oh. then and like I didn't see him for a million years. And then. Four years ago, I guess we were filming. I feel pretty in Boston. Boston. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. 
and I went to the baseball team there. The Red the Sox. Red Sox? Red Sox? How do you not? Thank oh, you. my gosh. God. Yeah. Okay, all the Red Sox fans have just turned off the podcast. <laughs> honey, honey, there are no Red Sox fans <laughs> listening to this podcast. But anyway, so so the yeah, we were going to the Red Sox game, and uh, I passed him, and he was like, "Hey!" I was like, "Oh my gosh, hey!" Uh, and he was with his family, and I was with my family. It was just he was so he's the nicest guy, the yeah, nicest he is. guy. He's I such think, a sweetheart, and his yeah. family is so nice. So too. they're sweet. all pretty sweet oh. guys. In my experience yeah. over the years, um, I'm not disparaging any other boy bands. I'm just saying, in my experience, NKOTV has the nicest the best one, nicest guys. They're the best boy band for sure. <laughs> they, they care. They care the most about their fans. Like they they remember their fans' names. Like not all of them, but. Yeah, Donnie Wahlberg can sit there and be like naming people in the audience, and it, it, it's mind blowing how they remember details about their fans' lives. It it blows my mind. Not um, to bring it back to Harry Styles as I always do, but <laughs> I do have to say I did get emotional at the Harry Styles concert that I took Bertie to, and when he like genuinely took a moment to thank all of the fans who were there. Like I really appreciate that in anyone who makes things, especially for teen girls or you know I people because um I Casey and I've talked about a lot about it on this podcast but so frequently like what teen girls like is disparaged um sort of culturally or in the zeitgeist when the fact is like we rule the fucking world and <laughs> <laughs> you know, teen girls are tastemakers. We were teens, right about Rick Springfield. Yeah. yeah, we're right about honestly, Casey. We're right about everything. We were right about Prince, and we, we were, were right, right about Kimmy Gibbler. About Kimmy Gibbler, right about. Oh, you guys have John Stamos in common too. Oh yeah. Oh, I've worked with John for. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I keep forgetting. I always forget that because John. <laughs> Because we were on ER together his first year. We can talk dirt about John Stamos. <laughs> That's Hilarious. what we have in common. <laughs> we really can. We really can. He's such no, he's a great guy. He uh he he can get very cranky at times, but he's he's a lover. He's a he's so loyal. Well, I've seen him at his work. Like I've known him since I was right. 10. Well, I mean, I've seen Everyone's like, oh, his skin and his jaw, and he's just so gorgeous. And I'm like, yeah, he's good looking. But I, I've also seen him just, you know, coming in disheveled with bedhead and <laughs> sweats and like cranky, needing his coffee. So I'm like, you know, I've seen him at his best and at his worst. But um, oh my god, amazing. He's a very, he's really matured into, you know, now that he's a father. Like I just have seen such a different side of him. Um, he loves that little boy, that little Billy. Yeah. Um, Aww, it's, it's so one, cute. he's always been good with kids. Like he was great with the Olsen twins. Um, it was just like magic between, between John and the Olsen twins on screen. But now, now he's getting to do it for real and it's, it's wonderful to watch. It's just very heartwarming. Aw, I love that. I love it too. He cracks me up. He makes me laugh. So I know that I know Bob Saget, legendary comedian, Dave Coulier, Obviously, legendarily funny, but John Stamos, for my money, cracks my shit up. (laughs) (laughs) He makes me laugh pretty hard. Um, Okay, so you did five seasons of Fuller House. It came to an end. Mm -hmm. 
what now? What's your, ne- what's Andrea Barber's? I mean, you have your book. Well, That's a book. big, you have to like, <laughs> you have to take like just a year to absorb that. I feel like just putting out a book is such a monumental thing. The book is full circle, by the way. Yeah. By um, Andrea Barber. <laughs> well, we wrapped Fuller House at the end of uh, 2019. And then the coronavirus happened shortly thereafter. True, right. Yeah. So, you know, I was planning, I was pitching a show um, with Warner Brothers. I was, I wanted to do a show with Juan Pablo Depache, who played Fernando, my husband, on Fuller House. Oh. I wanted to do a show in the spirit of L- Lucy and Ricky, you know, of, I would be like the offbeat character and he would be like the hot, you know, Latin pop star. Yeah. Um, and about the foibles of these two very eccentric characters, you know, meeting each other and, and possibly falling in love. So um, we pitched that for a long time, and then, but it was just such a bad time because yeah. the industry shut down. And so I'm like, why are we pitching this show? We don't even know when we can go back to work. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of been shelved for now. Um, but now I am on a Nickelodeon show, another kid's show <laughs> called That Girl Lele. It just premiered a, a few weeks ago. Um, I'm not on all the episodes. I'm on about half of the episodes. And I play the principal of the school. Oh, um, nice. That's weird. It's full, again, full circle. Full circle. Andrea Barber. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. That's exciting. Oh, so thanks. do you think you're going to like stick with acting does it feel like you're going to stick with acting or are you going to do all kinds of things are you don't even know and this question's annoying because <laughs> I get annoyed when people ask me what I'm doing and I'm like I'm here right I now mean, what that's what I'm doing I get anno- literally on this I'm sorry to interact interject Andrea but this is just how it works on this podcast <laughs> literally oh, on the street in New York yesterday this lady was like oh my god I love you I love you so much the people in New York are hilarious and wild when they see people they recognize. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And she's like, what can I see you on next? And I was like, oh, well, um, I'm on this show, Girls 5 Eva on Peacock. She's like, yeah, I know. What's next? And I was like, <laughs> I'm still doing doing a, it. I go back to shooting on. I, I, I'm sorry. Like, I was just like, like, she just was so like, yeah, I know. What's next? You don't have anything else coming out? You're not in a Marvel movie? Like, fuck. <laughs> okay. Um, terrible attention spans. It's always about, you know, what's next? What's next? Yeah, it makes you feel like you're not enough. And it's like, no, you are enough. You know, yes. whatever stage of life you're in, whether you're working, you know, 18 hour days every day or whether you're just taking some time to, to figure shit out, you are enough. So, yeah, I am. I I, 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 I would love to continue acting as long as it still fits in with my life. Like I love sitcoms mm-hmm. because I'm good at it. Comedy is my thing. It's family friendly. I don't have to work 18 hours. I can have dinner with my family every night. Um, so yeah, as long as it still works for me and I'm having fun and and it's and it's a good thing for me and my family, I will keep doing it. And I'm I'm having a blast on that girl Lele, um, playing the principal, which is a very it's a very strange character because she's authoritative, but also like stupid, you know, like, you know, Nickelodeon shows, the adults are always. Oh, always. Yes. Yes. They have to be. Yes. They have to be. So I am like kind of that quintessential idiot adult that doesn't really know what's going on, but uh, I like it. A different character, a very different character than Kimmy Gibbler. So I'm going to, I'm going to see if my eight year old is into it and I'm going to watch it with her. I'm going to check it out. Andrea Um, Barber, here's my pitch for when that girl Lele wraps hopefully in 20 seasons you'll be the principal my pitch is a third reboot empty house (laughs) just 
Uh, Stephanie, DJ, and Kimmy Gibbler, no kids. The kids what? have all moved out. And you guys it's just like golden dr- girls. drink and curse golden a girls. lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's golden girls, guys. I love that. Like <laughs> we need another golden that. girls. And you know what? I would follow you guys literally to the grave. So <laughs> I am on board. And just Andrea, please remember, because Casey also is a writer that, um, introduce her to Jeff for that, for that version <laughs> when, of sure. Empty House. Please yeah, have Jeff call that. me about Empty House and we'll, I'll get started on I love Empty a House. I'll connect you to <laughs> The other thing that I loved about the Fuller House reboot, guys, if you haven't watched it, I, or the, I really just love it, is that it kind of reminded me of Kate and Allie, which was another yes. one of my favorite uh. shows from when I was younger about like, you know, these ladies who were friends forever since college, like high school, college, and they find themselves divorced and they're raising their kids together. And it's just like, they're dating. And I don't know. I just like loved every, I loved it. I loved wow. watching it with my kids. It's, there are very it's few painful. things that are made, you know, also have children. There are like very few things that are made that are um, something that I want to watch like genuinely want to watch with my children. Right. right. No, it's true. There's very few shows like that where you're not yeah. just bored, silly watching the TV. Like, um, yeah. And that's what, we, that's what full house was. And that's what we, we aspired for fuller house to be. Well, you succeeded. And I'm glad that it's, we yeah. succeeded in that. That's great. Yay. Yeah. Something for everybody, you know? Um, well, you guys get the book full circle. <laughs> Yeah, it's out now. It's out in hardback, paperback. Um, there's an audio book, which is great because I read it and I cry and it's, you know, Ooh, that's me. fun. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe not the crying part, but uh, well, it's sure. very emotional. It's I mean, very that's emotional. So we yeah, try to cry. I like every hearing the per- yeah. I like hearing the person read it. Yeah. 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 Me too. Yeah. Me too. I always love the memoirs when the, the authors read them themselves. It's great. <laughs> you are delightful. You're as delightful as I'd hoped and even more so. So I'm so happy that you finally got to come on the podcast. Thank you for coming. I know. Oh, Thank you for coming. This is a joy. Yes, I, oh, I'm so happy. Thank you for inviting me okay. on your show. This has been so great and busy. I've been always wanting to meet you forever. So this <laughs> is awesome to have this conversation with you. Yay, I'm so happy. And um, I now we can see, when if I see you on the street, neither one of us are going to be pregnant. <laughs> and, I will, and this time I will say hi. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. I promise I won't ask you, what are you doing next? If okay. I- thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I won't do that to you either. Bye guys. Bye. Okay. Bye. 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 And we're back. So again, here's the thing that bugs the shit out of me. So I got this email from whatever social media guidelines that you all need to adhere to for Girls 5 Eva. And it's like, please do not post any photos of you in wardrobe, hair, makeup, blah, 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 This is like just sent to like the main cast. Guys, the paparazzi, like there's already photos of us online, like wearing our costumes, hair, makeup, whatever. Just let me post what I want to fucking post. Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> Who's, I just, I only, is that coming from Peacock or like, is fucking knows. I feel like it's just like a form letter that what they if it was just like one guy. Really, yeah. Who, who just is like, he just, just doesn't get it. Feel wants to have power over, over yeah, the bunch just, of you. 
He just doesn't get it. Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. I just was, I, we came out of the Andrea Barber interview and I was checking my Instagram and somebody tagged me in a photo that was taken yesterday on set from a paparazzi. And I was like, so that guy gets to post, the paparazzi gets to sell our photo and then it can be posted, but I'm not allowed, oh, whatever. Anyway, bigger fish to fry, guys. Who gives a fuck? It's hard to keep a lid on something that you're shooting out in the middle of New York City. Like, obviously. We've all seen, we've all yeah. seen and enjoyed the pictures of Sarah Jessica Parker. People tagged me in the one look that she had the other day that was like the Batsheva look that was like, oh, over the top where she was like literally wearing like rubber house cleaning gloves. Yes, like yes, a, I saw that. And like a headscarf. And somebody was like, yes. I feel like Busy Phillips would like genuinely wear this outfit. And I was like, <laughs> fair. That feels fair to me. That's um, your second Halloween costume, talk about- maybe. Oh, yeah. I got the most amazing stuff at the upstage, Upstate Vintage Fair for my Harry Styles costume. Hume. Well, no, it's not like I'm not, I'm not being Harry Styles for my, you're not going to be, yeah, no queen of the rodeo is what I think I'm going to go anyway, but that's fine. That's all going to happen this weekend. You guys are getting ready for Halloween. Yes. It's all, I think it's, people are going to go nuts this year is what I think. Cause I think, oh, you do. Yeah. Cause I think, I think people are going back out into the world um, it's perfect timing for me. I'm PMSing, so I'm like ready for the mini Snickers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know. I have to, I don't know yeah. if we'll get trick-or-treaters. I have to, I mean, I suppose I'll get candy just in case. Oh yeah, get candy. I don't know. But we didn't talk about anything that's happening in the world. I don't know. What do you want to talk about? We're doing our book club, guys. <laughs> Sign up for We're that. We're doing our book club and... It's almost, we're going to, yeah, we're going to send out information for how you can um, get into the, get into the book club on November 14th. November 14th. So we'll send details. I feel bad because uh, people in other parts of the world were like, can you have it at another time that would work for me? And I was like, well then, no. but then we'd have to get up in the middle of the night. So yeah, no, so hopefully, sorry. <laughs> hopefully we, we love every, we're very I'm grateful already, guys, to everyone all I don't know over if you the can world. Tell, I'm already fucking tired. You know what I mean? You're already, you gotta, yeah. I'm like that bat on the wall, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like splatted out. So, uh, yeah. Um, oh, I want to, here's what I want to talk about. I want to thank Amy Klobuchar for, uh, she's trying to get Prince recognized, um, the state of Minnesota. She wants him to get um, a congressional medal. Clubs. <laughs> Turning it out for Prince and Casey. Uh, there was someone on set today wearing a Prince t-shirt, a t-shirt with a picture of Prince on it. From oh, an really? Era that I know you love like the fluffy hair, like early era. Natural. I love every. I love I know every you do. era. But um, which was he hold? What was let's, it was the black? Was he holding a flower? Was he no. holding a rose? No. No. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, Amy Klobuchar um, and some lawmakers in Minnesota are trying to get Prince the Congressional Gold Medal. And so I think that's super cool that he's still being recognized. I think it's also kind of funny because, you know, he didn't really fuck with government, but... um, He didn't fuck with a lot of shit, (laughs) except for like, you know, 
the highest level of shit. <laughs> so, but anyway, I think it's I think it's great. I love that his home state still loves him so much. Imagine if your home state of Arizona just loved you so much that now as basically... soon as Emma Stone came along, they were like, <laughs> "Fuck you, who? No, we don't even know who you are." Emma Stone's the most famous person that's ever been from Arizona. Oh my gosh. It's rough. Is Emma Stone the most famous person that's ever been from Arizona? Yes. I mean, other than like Barry Goldwater. Yes. And Barry Goldwater probably isn't even famous anymore, but he just was like, had a national whatever. Yeah. And, and of course he ran for president, right? Megan McCain is also, she's like a main character these days. (laughs) Guys, this is the thing. Megan McCain is like every fucking asshole girl I went to high school with, which is why when people are like, how could you possibly have been not like popular in high school? Megan McCain is why. Oh my God. Did you can you see- imagine like a fucking high school full of Megan McCain's and then I'm just like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Oh my god! I wanna, I wanna read her book, but I don't want to read it. Uh, but did don't you read see? It. She Such um, trash. Oh, sorry. I'm being really mean. That well, listen. You I'm had, tired. I'm you, tired. Yeah, you had a long day. I'm but, tired, and also here's what it is. I'm just gonna say this. I'm tired, and also she's perpetrated lies about things that are super fucking important, and has like continued a narrative that has led to the abolition of rights of people. Fuck her. You've had it. You hear me? You've had it. You hear me? I want to fuck you for your fucking bullshit. Like fucking late term abortion lies. She knows what she's doing too. I actually don't think she's dumb. Oh no, not at all. She's really smart. And she's just, she's really smart. And she's like, I'm playing the game. Fuck you for playing the game. Fuck you and your ugly fucking hairdos. Wow. Cut that out. I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) She can know I fucking hate her. My friend Kristen Bartlett, who's she's the head writer of Samantha B. Back when the pandemic was first happening, Megan McCain was like, my neighborhood in New York City is decimated. And what I don't know the exact language, but she was like, it's it's abandoned. It was a tweet. It was a tweet. Yeah, she tweeted. And then. Kristen retweeted it and said, I live in the same building as you, Megan. It's fine. <laughs> and like a million because people. Because it was. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because and then, she's like, a fucking liar. But then Megan McCain in her book apparently brought it back yes. up and said that that made her feel unwelcome in New York City. And she practically well, you know felt what? like kicked out of this city. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to say there wasn't fucking room for both of us. So I'm glad she got fucking kicked out so that I could move here. <laughs> but then... Then also, I guess I heard that she mentioned the neighborhood that she used to live in, like the street that they used to. And then people were like, was she trying to like dox Kristen by giving the address? But the funny thing is that Kristen doesn't even live there anymore. So whatever. But I just thought it was so funny (laughs) because, by the way, Kristen is the nicest person in the world, the loveliest person in the world. She would never harm a fly. (laughs) Maybe Megan needs to go to the Hoffman Institute. Maybe. Maybe you guys. Oh, my God. That's a reality show. You guys go together. No, I have no interest in that. But <laughs> I <laughs> but uh, but I do think that there's something deeply broken about that person because to like to like be smart enough to know that you're like going on television and just spewing such unbelievable bullshit and lies 
Yeah. Like you have, there has to be something really broken in your brain. Yep. Is that too harsh? I don't know. <laughs> it's harsh. It's, it's harsh, but it, I've, I've heard harsher. Um, I, people well, say maybe that she she's... can, maybe she can take back all the lies she's fucking spewed on the view. And then maybe I could reconsider my stance. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if that happens. I don't think so, but. If she was a listener to this podcast, probably unsubscribed. But I why like would she okay. be a listener? Yeah, she doesn't listen to anyone. I don't think. Why would she point. listen to any? Yeah, why would she listen to anyone other than like the fucking voices in her head? Anyway, bless. but you know what? Um, I also learned from reading excerpts of the book. How did it escape me that her daughter's name is Liberty? I don't know. I knew that. Did you know that? Yeah. I'm like, how did I feel like that wasn't well publicized enough for me to have missed it? Oh, that's weird. I feel like I really know it. I wonder if something was happening in your personal life when she gave birth. Maybe I felt very. Um, Maybe you should look at cheated. how old that Liberty kid is. Yeah, and see what happened. What happened yeah, you know what I mean. Like trace the, it back. Yeah, trace it back. Retrace my. Steps. Retrace your steps and wonder solve, why. Solve that mystery. Um, for a second, I thought that's what. Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard's kids with the smiley faces named, but I guess it's Lincoln. Is it? It's Lincoln, oh, have, oh, I think, yeah. not Liberty. Okay. All right. But Liberty is kind Lincoln's of a cool a, name. They're Lincoln's a, a girl, girl, right? Yeah. I don't know as far okay. as we know. Who knows? I don't know what yeah. I don't know what yeah. anyone's gender is until they tell me. That's true. That is true. Liberty is a cute name, but I just thought it was funny. <laughs> Liberty because, is cute. Like, I like that name. I feel like that I I feel like I usually know a, a celebrity baby name and I felt very cheated hmm. that I didn't know about Liberty. Well, yeah. Whatever. She's trash. <sighs> so, and I don't know. The Alec Baldwin situation, the rust and the cinematographer, it's too sad. I can't even, oh, it's too sad. It's really sad. It's yeah. really so sad and devastating. I mean, it's devastating. And I don't know, my heart breaks for... Um, I, I mean, ever like the the woman who was like the cinematographer who was killed, Helena, and her husband and their kid and everybody who loved her and worked with her and I mean, I know people that whatever. I I, I just yeah, we know people that knew her and had yes. worked with her and just kind of know sort of. I know I have a friend that on know, the movie. Yeah, yeah, that know uh, people. Here's. I feel for everyone. I, I have know. to be honest because here's the thing. Like, I know that people are like, this is the negligence is unfathomable. And like, people are really, you know, they really want justice and that's the right way to feel. But I also feel like even if you're really stupid and you're really like making a bad mistake, nobody wants to make a mistake that ends someone's life. You know what I mean? And so I just, ugh, it's just one of those, It's it was a horrible mistake. And that's why when we go through all these procedures that people roll their eyes at and they're like, yeah, 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 got it, got it, got it. You know, like that you think it's it's overboard. It's too much. And like, you know, this would I never did, happen. I, Sometimes it happens. I only did... I've only really done one thing with guns, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it was like a mil like a million years ago and it yeah. was a re it was the most like low budget thing I've ever done. 
Yeah. And yeah. And I, but I remember like them shining the flashlight through the barrel, like opening the thing and shining the flashlight through the barrel every single time. (sighs) And the problem is, and like, this is like, I I know this is uh, because I, this is like why unions fight for things like better hours and more time, like more guaranteed time between call and all of these things, because it's so weird, like making these things, like making entertainment becomes such a big business that you're expected to like, get it fucking done. You got to get it done. And you got to to get it done in the time that is allotted and for the money that you've been able to scrape together to make this thing, said thing, whatever the thing is. And so a lot of people are working under-resourced and and exhausted and like doing, like, and people are every, I just truly believe that people are doing their best every fucking time. Yeah. And also people make mistakes and people make stupid fucking mistakes. And most of the time when people make stupid fucking mistakes, 99.999% of the time, a person doesn't die because of it. Right. Right. For, for me, I just hope, like, I think one misunderstanding that people are having is people keep saying, how could a prop gun kill someone? A prop gun is a real gun. It just, just like a prop broom is a real broom. It just means that you're using it for a prop, you know? Right. So, so that's how um, it like, guys, happen. Like, it's, it's not, not like, like a, a pretend. Nerf, it's not like a yeah. Nerf gun or like, a, like, it's not rubber. It's not made right. out of rubber. Although I actually but have to been that on, like, point, sitcom sets where there have been like rubber guns. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. at this point, we're so capable of doing so many things that I just wish that firearms would be banned from any set because it's just there. It's not the place for it. There's too many people. Nobody has any business handling a gun in that situation in close proximity to people that way. It just, it's like guns are meant to kill. They're not meant to be props. And so we should stop using them as props. That's where I hope this is going. It's so wild to me that like, I love a, like a Hallmark holiday movie and they don't even fill the coffee cups with hot coffee. Like people are walking around clearly with empty cups on every TV show and movie. So it's weird to me that like somebody is like, no, like for whatever reason, we're not going to fill these cups with liquid because we don't require that level of realism. And then, but we need like a real gun. It just seems like that doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense. Well, okay. Yes, but also, but also culturally, let's just like, yeah, this is where we are. We live here in this country that like, you know, has some sort of like deep umbilical tie to firearms. Ugh. Yeah, we got to cut the cord is what we have to do. Yeah. And the only way to do it is to smash white supremacy and the patriarchy. Guys, 
that's our show for today. Have <laughs> a great. No, I'm kidding. Um, um, but you're not. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. That, that is our. In this, this can be our show. I feel like your uh, busy Phillips is doing her best to stay awake right now. <laughs> you should see me. I'm her. literally. The she's literally microphone like, is in my armpit. Yes. I'm lying she's down. laying back. She peeled off I think those eyelashes. That, I think Cricket is crying because she was hoping You're doing to the podcast. Huddle with me. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, yeah. she hates this podcast. I know. Oh my God. I, wait, I, Cricket. I recorded Cricket saying the cutest fucking shit yesterday. And yeah. then she figured out that I was recording her and she got really mad at me. And then I had like the moral dilemma of like, I really wanted to like post it. But obviously I've always said like, I wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just sitting on this like. But you wanted real the chef's kiss of content. <laughs> no, no, no. I just want I just want people to see how fucking cute she is. She was like talking to me about how I could be in a Marvel movie. Oh, like Cricket is the opposite of Birdie. Like, remember when Birdie was, I think, like four, and there was some billboard for the Academy Awards, and Birdie was like, "What is this thing? What is this thing?" And I was like, "Oh, that's yeah. this big award show." honors the very best in in movies like the very very best and Birdie was quiet for a second was like so you're never gonna get nominated for one of those though right (laughs) you know what I mean and like Cricket literally last night was giving me a pep talk about how I could be the next girl in the Spider-Man movies and I was like Cricket I, I don't think I could I'm like don't you think I'm too old and then Cricket goes no, you don't know how old the girl is that played the girl in the last Spider-Man movie. She could be like 45. <laughs> I was like, Zendaya? I don't think Zendaya is like 45. But she was just like, so like, mom, you could do it. You've been on TV shows. People like you. You could be in a Marvel movie. It was literally the nicest, cutest, funniest most we adorable. We need a cricket. I know. Believing in us. And then we all also need a birdie being like, yeah, but that's not for you, right? Because you're mostly <laughs> like, just like in TV shows that are like nobody really watches. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, kind of bird. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Everybody. Hey, you know, one thing I wanted to say is thank you so much to everyone that has been downloading the episode I know I've noticed and like it's been so cute when people post online and they're like I downloaded this bitch <laughs> <laughs> like, love I it. really appreciate it we so really much appreciate like, it. been, it's gone up so much it really has and, it like makes you a know, difference and I feel bad because I feel like I mention it so much and people it and, feels you feel manipulative I feel well I feel like I'm just nagging people to do something yeah. on my, like, clearly they know that we yeah. want them to download it and for whatever reason they don't but then yeah. I have to remember that People, you know, people don't see every single thing, every single reminder, whatever. But so anyway, a ton of people have been downloading millions of downloads already this year. And that is just that's incredible. That's incredible for us. It's really helpful to us. It's really helpful to the people that um, help us make this podcast so that, you know, we can... (laughs) continued to have them help us and um yeah and really only the last time I mentioned it only one person was like I already listened to the podcast isn't that enough and I was like oh my gosh yeah, yeah it's fine <laughs> don't worry about it don't worry about it don't ma'am. worry about it 
ma'am, ma'am. But it's not for her. <laughs> Downloading is not for her. Not it seems to be for her. really pushed her buttons uh, being asked to download. And I'm sorry for that, ma'am. Uh, but um, to everybody else, really, really thank you because they just really have jumped up recently. And that is, that's very helpful. I love that. Well, yeah. I'm going to go pee, wash my face, go to bed so I can wake up early so I can go to my job where I'm going to dance and sing. Mm, dance your knee off. And what a fucking bummer. What a fucking bummer. Yeah. Will you come? What are we going to do? Like, I'll be immobile for six weeks. Um, I'll come. I'll push you around. Should I want. go to like, should I go to like the Caribbean to recover? No. Um, no, no, not unless no. you want someone to come and smash bats in your hotel room. <laughs> that was Mexico. That was somewhere in. I'm just saying you're going to go somewhere that you think is I like know. very beautiful and luxurious. Well, and there's going to be something there that you wish wasn't. All I'm going to say is that. God, I haven't laughed that hard. Uh, like I, I can't or, like that bat being smashed on the wall. RIP that bat. It was so shocking, you guys. Like, it was so terrible and so appropriate for everything. (laughs) You know what I mean? Just like, uh, (laughs) a real dialectical Uh. situation. (laughs) All right. Well, guys, we love you. Thank you you for your patience while we um, waited for busy to to get out out of work. Yeah. Maybe you got to edit out some of the parts where I was so mean about Megan McCain, but whatever. I mean, it'll get us in People Mag, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's almost like winning an award. (laughs) Busy Phillips goes so hard on Megan McCain. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I love you guys. Good night. We love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.